I've never seen a restaurant like this on Buckley. Orders ready in 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. Franchise the damn thing. How the heck do you build a fast food empire? One word, persistence. There should be McDonald's everywhere. Sea to shining sea. I could be growing this thing at twice the pace. Let's just slow down a minute. Did he just hang up on you? Unless we got violently disconnected. There should be big windows. No. Sponsorship. No. Barbecue beef. No. I'm through with you and your endless creative nose. What is it with this guy? Business is war. It's doggy dog. I want to take the future. I want to win. When's enough going to be enough for you? Probably never. There are plenty of things we could do to make a quick buck, but that doesn't mean we should. He hung up again. Damn right. The Founder. Episode 172. There's already like 7 million podcasts. Talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Let's go. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Let's go. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the Leftovers. leftovers. Him a time. All right, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jesus. You, now, you know, I was talking about the volume. You are fucking loud as fuck. Which one are you win? Who, me? I don't even you? know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> two? Sure. Hold on. Let me follow. Yeah, two. All right. Jeez. Yeah, all right. <laughs> 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 professional. Yeah. yeah. Professional show here. Yeah, wake up. Always work out the kinks, the technical kinks, before <laughs> I hit the record button. We thought we thought we were good because a professional. Now you're low. Now I'm Pod, low. Podcast. I'm still yoga. talking loud too. So I know. Sound better? Good. Jeez. Yeah, you're fine. I don't give <laughs> a shit. All right. You know what, guys? What's that? Uh, I want to thank a new Patreon patron, Yay. David Lawson. Nice, David Lawson. You're you're awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Thank you, thank you David. <laughs> uh, I, I also want to thank uh, a lot of our Patreon patrons for being patient that was a peter piper picked a pickle and a pepper and a whatever the fuck that is you worked your way through it well too i did i did i nailed that one (laughs) anyway i want to thank some of our uh patient patreon patrons for the patience (laughs) because i uh got some i got the first of the patreon bumpers in Oh, oh, I can't okay. wait to hear those. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I sent this off to her, like, literally, I swear, I sent these three off to her, like, three min- three months ago, <laughs> and she forgot about me. Oh, shit. Oh. So then I sent her another email, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll get these up to you today, which then took her another 
month or so. So <laughs> I just got I'm gonna she 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 refunded me. <laughs> she refunded me the money I spent on the bumpers, but she's gonna keep doing them. So I'm gonna send her more. Uh, but uh, these are I got three of them. Okay, oh, nice. we get to hear them right now. Yeah, oh, exciting. Cool. Fuck, I'm gonna play them right now on the show, and then I'm gonna send them to them. And hey, the next the next bumpers that these guys get, they get to create their own bumper. Now they get to create their own. I the, I, the first one's on me. Mm-hmm. I get to create the first one. Okay, and I'm I'm basing this off like what you fucking send me. Like some of, like some of these people don't send me a whole lot. You know what I mean? You got to kind of reach for it. I huh? got to reach. Oh man! Hey, uh, the first one is Scotty Williams and Scotty. I'm glad I redid yours because the first one, dude, it was it was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to hear this. No, 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 no. Like I sent her an email and I was like, I was drunk when I sent oh, Scotty's shit. first one. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, no, uh, hold on. Can I, can I resubmit Scotty's? I need to send you a different one about Scotty. Scotty talks about how he loves, um, horror movies and he, he lists like Silence of the Lambs as one of his favorites. Oh. And I, I basically, I sent her like a bumper that had to do with like him putting a ball gag in, in, in Lamb's mouths and fucking them. Oh shit. It was fucked up. Like I took every, like he, he, he lists off like a whole list of things that he loves. And all I did was focus on Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> and basically like this guy butt fucking a lamb <laughs> with a ball gag in its mouth. I, I took Silence of the Lambs and I took it to like bestiality. Oh, shit. Yeah. She didn't even record that. She didn't. You no, stopped her. I, I stopped her. I said, whoa, I got, I'm not, do you think this is a joke? I am not making this up. I never once thought. I fucking, I got, I was at home, I was drinking, and I was like, oh my God, this is fucking brilliant. And I started, I started, and I sent it to her. I'm like, oh my God, Scotty, oh my God, yeah, this, she, he's going to love this one. And it's basically about one of our listeners who I've never met, and I don't know him from anybody. Yeah. I know he listens to this show, and I'm basically telling her to record a bumper about him fucking a lamb. <laughs> It sounds like our With job. a ball gag in its mouth. <laughs> the thing can't even go, eh, as it's getting fucked. <laughs> this thing can't make a peep, man. <laughs> this thing can't make a peep. Scotty's just going to town on this thing, and it can't, it, it no noise, nothing. <laughs> Poor lamb chop. <laughs> anyway, so, no, that one did not get recorded. That one did not get recorded. I will find, I'll tell you what, I'll find the, I'll find the script. The, I'll find the script oh, for God. it. I'd like to see it. And maybe I'll read it next week or so. Or maybe I'll read it when we come back from break. If I can find it, I'll, I'll show you the script. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fucked up. So, I don't know. It's fucked up. Anyway, so Scotty, uh, let's see here. This is what Scotty's email said to me. He says, do not – so everybody they, – what they do, these Patreon patrons, they send me an email. They tell me about themselves, so I'm at their mercy. Uh, he says, do, know, uh, do not know exactly what to tell you. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I've been since I was a kid. I am now 41 and still enjoy collecting – Watching and attending any Star Wars sci-fi conventions. Also love most horror and sci-fi movies and shows. Some of my favorites of these are Jaws, Terminator, Back to the Future, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Shining, Silence of the Lambs, and most everything Vincent Price. Most likely told you too much and just rambling now. Thank you for the show and all your team does weekly to broadcast it. Um, I've been listening since the Force Awakens episode and now have started the older shows. So, yeah, let's see here. Lucky what, guy. Here we go. Here is his, I don't know, here's his bumper. I did, I did, but it's not as bad, it's not as fucked up as the first one. <laughs> there it is. 
When he's not attending sci-fi conventions, he's watching horror movies and listening to horrible podcasts. It's Scotty Williams. All right, so I think it's more. I think it's better. Yeah. Than him fucking a lamb. <laughs> <laughs> makes fun of us more than it makes fun of him, though. I, well, I know. What, what? I felt bad, Jake. I might as well flip it since I had him fucking a lamb in the first one. I might as well make fun of us. At least we're not fucking lambs, I guess. He didn't give me. He didn't give me a whole lot to no. like make fun of. No, so I agree. You would have right. had to made stuff up. Right, exactly. Well, you almost did. I, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he, when he's not fucking lambs and enjoying the fuck out of bestiality, he's going to conventions about it. It's Scotty Williams. Scotty, get my skip <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Oh, man. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? What do we got? Uh, next one is uh, Brandon McLean. Uh, hi, Brian. I can't find your bumper Patreon email. So, what is he? Would you do me a favor and just skip my Ghostbusters email on the next? I did. Uh, <laughs> Way ahead of you. Okay, honestly, I don't know what to put for my bumper. Uh, I like to collect Marvel statues. Love anything Jurassic Park and Cyclops and Cap are my favorite heroes. So not a lot to go on again. Uh, not really Uh-oh. giving me a What's lot to work What's he going to be doing with those statues? Uh, you guys need to like <laughs> share your most embarrassing moment or some shit. Uh, here we go. Brandon McLean. He loves Captain America, Cyclops, and Jurassic Park. And don't remind this asshole how long you've been listening. <laughs> it's Brandon McLean. Right, I like. I applaud that one. <laughs> All right. It's Brandon McLean. It's Brandon. Wow, Jesus. Echo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Echo McLean. <laughs> Jesus. All right. What's the next one? What's the next one? It's uh, it's Johannes. It's our buddy Johannes. Oh yeah, nice. He says, "Zub Brian." Uh, well, my name is Johannes. Pronounced Johannes as in Johannesburg, and I'm from Sweden. Uh, the first time I went to the U.S., I got food poisoning in New York. <laughs> the second time, I lost my wallet during San Diego Comic Con. So here is Johannes's bumper. <laughs> And he's not vomiting all over New York and being a careless fuck. He's listening to pop culture leftovers. It's Johannes. I like the beat in that one. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, she said when he's not vomiting all over the streets of New York and being a careless fuck, <laughs> he's uh, listening to pop culture leftovers. Yeah, so, all right. Yeah, big laughs. Uh, moving on. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, just woo, uproarious laughter from you two. Fuck you. <laughs> Frank's just looking at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for backing me up on the Patreon shit, you fucking assholes. <laughs> Jesus, maybe I should have just had him do- fucking animals the entire time. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Johannes is fucking a horse. Like, we got, we got, what, we got Brandon McLean over there fucking a couple hens. Fucking double fist and fucking double fist and cocks. Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Hens or cocks. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Jesus. <laughs> Frank, are you even here? Yeah, I'm here. Look at this guy. It's <laughs> I'm like, here. No, it's like I'm looking. I didn't know if I was looking at the, the fucking face of a corpse. I didn't know what's going on. You're well, barely here. No, I'm here. All right. Come back, Frank. Oh, shit. <laughs> Step away from the light. Jesus. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, uh, so that was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Sorry. It was hard to hear the second line. I know. Like you're reading it back to me. I like, know. Uh, 
I know. Yeah, just uproarious laughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that went over without a hitch. Thanks, <laughs> gang, thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> Can't wait for more of those in the future. You know, that was... That, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah, your Patreon patron monies. It, it's going. It's going to good places. <laughs> Fucking dickheads! Hey, come on, guys. Can you at least next time fake it until we make it? Jesus, yeah, I got sure. it. I got you it. guys are fucking horrible actors. <laughs> I'll work on that. I like the second one. The second one was pretty funny. Uh, you know what? I got to throw in a few more dicks into it so we can get some. <laughs> get some. Yeah, there we go. That's what we were missing the entire time. <laughs> he mentioned the fucking penis. Oh, the old boy. Anyway, this is like a Mickey Mouse impression. Oh yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm gonna have her fucking. Read oh. I'm gonna have him read them. I read him. Read him off as Mickey Mouse and talk about penises all the whole time. <laughs> Sure. All right. Anyway, guys, uh, I was gonna read iTunes reviews, but you no. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You're I'm not do- skipping one star iTunes reviews, are you? Oh, I know. Okay, They're five. I don't give a fuck about that. We'll read them next shit. week. So keep sending your iTunes reviews. Uh, let's see here. Let's jump. This I fucking hate this episode already. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Uh, oh, you're saying it very passionately this week too. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Jesus. Now I got Frank stripping. What the hell are you doing over there? I was hot. I had to take my hoodie off. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's Getting jump. them all worked up with the sheep talk. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You all that sheep talk. Oh, man. Oh, they boy. The sheep talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to me, big boy. <laughs> see, now you're laughing. Jesus Christ. That's what it, that's what it takes. I got to fucking write bumpers about bestiality and penises. To get any giggles out of you guys. We should just for the warm-up just say dick like a hundred times. <laughs> dick, like, dick, what, like, dick. Oh, like, oh, here's Brandon McLean's bumper. He When he's not sucking cock, <laughs> he, he's listening to PCL. And then it's like, whoa, big laughs. <laughs> when he's not double-fisting dicks, <laughs> it's Brandon <laughs> McLean. Well, they send you more info about themselves. You wouldn't have to have him double fisted today. <laughs> Welcome to America, Johannes. Here's a dick in your mouth. <laughs> Hope you don't get food poisoning again. That's where he got it from in the first place. Oh, man. Let's see here. Guys, let's move on. Into, we're going to jump into Star Wars, this, uh, Star Wars news this week from the get-go. Yeah. What the Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to uh, talk about the new title for yes. Star Wars Episode Eight. Uh, it is titled Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um so, uh, it looks like Ryan Johnson and the cast, they knew about this title very early on in, uh, production. Um, and I just, I, I just want to know what you guys think about the title. Um, like it, love it, hate it. I like it. I'm not like head over heels in love with it, but I, I really don't have any problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the look of the logo. I love how they did the red thing. And I think that was really neat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it gets me excited. I have a, uh, nicer reaction to this than I did The Force Awakens upon hearing it for the first time, that's for sure. Okay. I'm with that. I mean, it'll probably make sense once we watch the movie and or have a lot more details about what's going on. Mm. But yeah, I like it. 
don't understand why there's a big controversy of people talking about Jedi as like, oh, is it singular or plural? You don't understand that? No, I understand it. I just don't understand people's like fixation with it. Like you'll you'll get it. You'll figure it out. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, Captain No Fun about the Star Wars title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like he, he, he like jumped right into that. Well, that's like silly endless speculation. People, like, I've seen this whole show is based on silly endless speculation, <laughs> right? Well, people are talking about it on Twitter, like they're getting like violently upset, arguing with one another about Jedi being a possible plural. Well, people are idiots, Frank. Well, this I know. <laughs> people are fighting on the internet. People over are stuff. idiots. Like, like honestly, like some of the some of the fucking shit that I read from people, like some of the stuff that me and Jake say, and some of the people, that, some of the stuff that people correct us on is just fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah. So I, this is no surprise to me. I don't understand. Like, yeah. I don't. Know. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I can't understand why you'd argue. Singular, about it. plural. I, I'll get here's. Me saying fuck off twice. <laughs> How about that for plural? How about that? Dick or dicks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, see, the, all, all these laughs are now see, finally Dick can out. be plural without the S. Like if you say yeah. you suck a lot of dick, yeah. could be. Wow, look at you. Wow. <laughs> There's more speculation about that. This is my favorite Star Wars title they've ever come out with. Really? Yeah. Nice. I love it. I think it's fucking amazing. I absolutely love it. It sounds badass. Yeah, it does sound great. And they're mm-hmm. doing it for the second film. Like, you know, you'd think like, oh, this is like a fucking, uh, this is episode nine title. The Last Jedi, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know? But no, it's like the second fucking movie in the in this new saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I love it. I, I love it. The Last Jedi. It's so much cooler than any, like, Attack of the Clones or, or The Phantom Menace or it's... Star Wars has had some cool titles. It really has. Yeah. You know, I love, uh, you know, Empire Strikes Back and some of, but I love this one. I think it's, I think it's very cool, The Last Jedi. And I think like once we get the, once the movie is over with, once we've seen it, we'll get it. Just like the same thing goes with The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. Like, we're like, like once we saw The Force Awakens, before The Force Awakens come out, we're like, what is The Force Awakens? Yeah. Now that we've seen The Force Awakens, we realize The Force Awakened within Rey, and it also awoken within Kylo. Mm -hmm. And then right at the end, you know, even maybe even with with, with Luke himself. Yeah, yeah. The title worked a lot better after Mm -hmm. seeing the movie, that's for sure. And I think that's what's going to happen here, is like once this movie comes out, and we and we've seen we've seen Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. More people are going to be on board for this title. I'm not saying they're not on board right now because I know the same people that are just kind of like lukewarm on the fucking title. Once the movie comes out, they're going to be like, "Oh my god, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie's great." They're not worried about the movie itself. I think I think it's a great title. I think it's a badass title that deserves to be in Star Wars. Episode eight, the Last Jedi. Yeah. It just sounds cool. Yeah, it's definitely. Not it's a weak. fucking cool title. Yeah, it, it's good. I love this title. I, I, like I honestly think it's my favorite title. Oh wow. Yeah, I I, I don't share that, but maybe. I think it. Look at shade. I love it. Let's hope it's got the movie to match. I mean, so. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I I can rate the title. I love it. Sure. I think it's a great fucking title. I think it's a dope ass title. I I didn't want like a title where it's all like. Oh, the, some of the ones we heard were terrible. Uh, yeah, follow the resistance. Follow was one. the resistance. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll play that computer game. I don't need to go watch that movie. Uh, I like one that just like asks it, it asks a few questions. Yeah, You're like okay, what do they mean? Who's the last Jedi? 
I saw a video clip. Uh, Josh Gad is working with Daisy Ridley. I saw that video too. Yeah. I saw that clip too. Yeah. Made me laugh. Where he was grilling her. Yeah. <laughs> Answer my question, damn it. <laughs> I laughed yeah. when he confirmed was Olaf pissed. was in Frozen too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was all. It was all. It was all fun. Oh really? yeah, that's yeah, all it yeah. was. He looked, like, that really was, annoying. That was not real. She's an actor. Frank. Well, then she's good. Next time when I fucking play a bumper, could you act to like it? <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll do my best yeah. impression. Yeah, That please. was totally a publicity stunt. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Frank, like, fell for it. <laughs> wow, man, man. She was mad. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. She was pissed off. Josh Gad's kind of an asshole for, like, trying wow. to corner her with those questions. I can't believe that he just brought her into the trailer. And... Yeah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, Christ. try to be a professional, Josh Gad. <laughs> Can you imagine Frank, like, flipping through a tabloid magazine? Oh, my God. I can't what? believe any of this. There's... Yeah. Fat boy's captive again? <laughs> God. What is this? <laughs> Brian, this, you got to read this Sun, this Sun magazine. It's insane. <laughs> the National Enquirer is nuts, Brian. <laughs> Jesus. With the weekly world news, Brian, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, Last Jedi is good shit, though. I love it. I think it's a great fucking title. It's good shit. It's a great fucking title. Yeah, it's good, good shit. I get. I know. I'm, what do you guys think about? I like it. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I don't like it. I think it's a, it's a good fucking title. Yeah, it's, it's good a dope ass fucking title. It's like all, all in the red letters and shit. Oh, I love the red letters. I, it's my phone screensaver right now. Yeah. So if I didn't have text, you could see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great fucking title. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you guys. Jesus Christ. Hey, now what up? No, it's like I, fucking bring the goddamn energy. I got I had fucking to... slouched over. <laughs> you only know the only time I get a fucking reaction out of you is when I talk about fucking an animal or a fucking penis on this fucking show. Jesus Christ, Frank. Anything else and you just What? <laughs> <laughs> bring up a dick again and then, then then Frank's all up perked up again. No, I like it though. I, yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not as ecstatic about it as you. Oh, I, clearly. <laughs> but I'm not. I don't think I'm mopey at all about it or like downplaying it in any way. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I should rewind the tape. I said I liked it quite. I long. know you both are through the goddamn roof. I can barely contain the goddamn energy in the I goddamn know. room. I specifically I said know. I wasn't through. The I, know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Jake, I'm, I'm having a hard time just working out the gauge here. All right. all right. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out where the energy level is. I don't know yet. All right. I, I want to get it just right. I don't know. I don't want to undersell you either. You know, because like that would be a problem too. Okay. So where are where are you? I don't know anymore. I don't need. <laughs> uh, Jesus, everybody getting offended. Jake, you love the title, but you don't love it too much. Yeah. Right. Correct. Okay. Fair enough. Let's move on. Jesus Christ, that was uncomfortable. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see here. A new Star Wars young adult novel will be hitting the shelves soon. It's titled. Uh, are we going to talk about the movie? Are we going to talk about the title anymore? Are we done? Is that it? Oh, we just uh, some like it more than others. Let's move on. Well, I mean, this Frank kinda... made me feel uncomfortable to talk about the plural thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you want to? Is, is there a discussion you can really have about it at this point? <laughs> it seems like a pretty big discussion. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, it, 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 I, it's one of two things: either it's talking about Luke being the last of like the formally trained people, mm-hmm. or like them two together being the last Jedi. Or we might find more. Who knows? That's more Hard than two. Say. That's more than two options. 
that you just laid out on the table right there. Well, I came up with a third on the fly. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's it, there's just not enough to go on, really, to have any kind of like definitive argument about it, I wouldn't think. Why we got to argue? Well, I mean, they, they called Luke the last Jedi in the... Yoda calls him that. I mean, I wouldn't call Rey a Jedi yet, would you? No. Yeah. I, I think it has to be Luke that they're talking about. Yeah, if I was, I would say that same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in the opening crawl for Episode Seven, they called him the Last Jedi. I mean, I mean, she hasn't even she hasn't even been formally trained yet. True, and Kylo killed all of his other classmates. So, yeah, and he's an important piece of Star Wars mythology. Like, we're gonna have to spend some time on on Luke and what mm-hmm. the fuck he been up to, and you know, right. what's up with the vision that Ray had, and yeah. you know, what happened with the people he was teaching. And, right. Like, Luke's a big chunk of story here, so why shouldn't he be the figurehead in the title? Mm-hmm. So. Totally with it. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's Ray that he's talking that they're talking about. But oh no, you never know. Well, I, mean, I guess I mean we'll watch. I mean, towards the end of the movie, she could be you know the last Jedi, and then that means what the title is. But like, if you're asking me right now, like, what's that title mean? Yeah, I'm talking about Luke. But you know, we'll have people disagree with us. I'm sure, yeah. which is fine. And like in a in a perfect world, the title will mean multiple things, and that will be like kind of what kicks it up yeah. to being one of my favorite titles. Because sure. honestly, one of my favorite titles is the Phantom Menace, and it became that way after seeing the movie. Like I just really like how subtle the title is. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I just it just was not a great movie, so it's it doesn't like really ramp that title up for me like i get it like everybody was like what's the phantom menace and like once the movie is over we all got it yeah. but it, but the movie itself has to be good for me to look back fondly on that title yeah i hear you and i had the opposite reaction to that movie so i it made me like the title even more right right yeah okay uh let's see here let's move on to uh <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean i don't know i mean we could i, I don't want to talk about like prequels well, what about like the red stuff? Like, is like we know that? No, it's just it's. A, the, why is it red? It, I mean, okay, if it's red, then they're talking about Kylo, right? I mean, well, I just think or, it's odd that the only time we've seen the red bill before is in the third act of these trilogies, yeah. and here we're seeing it in the second. I act. get it. I honestly, I think it's just because it stands apart from the Force Awakens logo. Just that simple, yes. aesthetically. I, I think that's what it comes down to here. And this decision just comes down to, if you were to look at this, like The Last Jedi pop up with like the yellow font, yes, you might look over it because it doesn't, because you know what I mean? You might just assume that it says The Force Awakens and look over it. From that, do you surmise that episode nine will be a completely different third color? If like a blue, it'll either be a, it'll either be a different color or it'll go back to the yellow. Okay, so I get it. Yeah, something I, that popped into my head when you mentioned that it was in the third act or third part of the trilogies. I wonder if red could signify the fall of a Skywalker. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that kind of talk going around. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that I don't think that the story group or anybody in Lucasfilm marketing is thinking of that right now. Yeah, they probably I regretted don't. making it red as soon as they started oh. seeing the fucking <laughs> crazy to start. They're like, I oh think, shit, we didn't think about this. I think it was honestly just to have it look different than The Force Awakens. Mm. I okay. that's what I think. So, and I'm not the only one that thinks that. So, 
I just think that it, yeah, you crazy. I know. I'm not. Well, I'm not the only one that thinks you're crazy, that. independent thinker. So yeah, it's like yeah, I'm the only one that's thinking that right now. Uh, there's a new um, Star Wars young adult novel that's going to be hitting the shelf soon, titled Rebel Rising, and it will fill in some gaps in Jin's life growing up with Saw Gerrera and his rebels. Here's the official description of the book written by Beth Revis. Uh, when Jen Erso was five years old, her mother was murdered and her father taken from her to serve the Empire. But despite the loss of her parents, she is not completely alone. Saw Guerrera, a man willing to go to any extremes necessary in order to resist Imperial tyranny, takes her in as his own and gives her not only a home, but all the abilities and resources she needs to become a rebel herself. Jin dedicates herself to the cause and the man, but fighting alongside Saw and his people brings with danger and the question of just how far Jin is willing to go as one of Saw's soldiers when she faces an unthinkable betrayal that shatters her world. Jin will have to pull the pieces of herself back together and figure out what she truly believes in and who she can really trust. And uh, according to MakingStarWars.net, this book also highlights the parts of Jin's life after Saw leaves her. So I think this is very cool. It is cool. This is not the only book that we're going to get, but yeah, it's called. Uh, it's titled Rebel Rising, and um, kind of like the the movie didn't do the best of jobs in kind of showing you how Jen <clears throat> became the person she was. Like you right. just kind of get that one flashback of what happened, and yeah, right. you get that that she's a loner. Yeah, but it, this sounds like it kind of fleshes out a little bit more of like why she's so athletic as mm-hmm. she is and you know like her her abilities more yeah i mean absolutely i mean you you've got saw Guerrero. she's trained under saw Guerrero, and saw Guerrero was trained under ahsoka and obi-wan kenobi mm-hmm. so i mean you're gonna see why she was the leader that she was during rogue one yeah because she's been not only was saw Guerrero taught and led by great warriors but she was led under Sagrera's teachings. But I mean, Sagrera is also kind of like a. I was going to say, presumably before he was nutty. Yeah. I, well, I, <laughs> I, 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 I. Yes. I, I'm not sure. This is definitely before he was such an extremist to where he was, you know, putting bags over people's heads and and yeah, shoving ha- octopuses in their having, orifices, yeah, <laughs> having burglets, you know, mind rape them and shit like that. But yeah, I mean, totally. Uh, it, Have you seen that character on Rebels yet? Is yes. That, is that a thing? Yeah. Does he act batshit crazy on Rebels? He does. Really? Mm-hmm. That's well, not, maybe not quite as bad as like he did in the movie, well, sure. but he's still well, willing to do things that are a bit beyond the norm. I mean, he was going head to head against Kanan and, and Ezra. Yeah. And I mean, he was basically willing to. Um, he, he's basically ready to throw down with all of them in order right. to get his way. Yeah. Uh, at the end, they were able to, at the end of that two-parter. They, I honestly think that if he had, he had some of his other extremists there with him, things would have worked out differently in that episode. Yeah. It was only through having to force him to go along with them that did he see that he needed to let that creature live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. He was... Uh, he's it's kind of crazy a lot of people have been kind of comparing Saw Gerrera to Darth Vader and I get it I mean yeah you know but they both basically don't have like most of their bodies left they both like breathe through like this ventilator and shit yeah even though that one's fighting for you know one's one's with the Empire and the other one's with the Resistance the Rebellion 
they're both both still kind of fucking extreme and crazy. So, yeah. It's an interesting character. Yeah. Uh, the news for Star Wars novels did not stop there. Uh, a new novel from author Greg Ruck, uh, best known for uh, books like Lazarus, Punisher, and Wonder Woman, is titled. Uh, it's a new book titled Star Wars Guardians of the Wills uh, that features Baze Malbus and Sherrod Emwee's backstory. Uh, we talked about this in our Rogue One episode, guys. Yeah. Uh, this is something that I, I said I wanted to see. I wanted to see more about, like, you know, what did these guys do? I wanted to see, like, them guarding the temple and, like, you know, what were they doing as Guardians of the Wills? I wanted to know more about their backstory and their friendship and, and also, like, what made Baze turn from the Force. It sounded like he was one of the biggest members of the the Guardians of the Wills that was all about the Force. He believed in the Force. And some, it, Chirrut basically says in the film, like, you know, you, 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 you were stronger in the belief than I was at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to know more about these guys' backstory. I'm not a big Greg Rucka fan, though. Oh, I love Greg Rucka. That's kind of disheartening. Uh, no, it's not. Like, if, if you're reading his image stuff, it's fantastic. Okay. If you're reading Lazarus, it's one of the best books on the shelves. Lazarus is amazing. When Greg Rucka's not doing, like, the Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. I loved it. His Punisher's really good. It's one of the best Punisher runs ever. Um, I'm, uh, Daredevil's okay. Wonder- isn't, isn't this kind of scary, then? Because this is not a... This is a property that Greg Ruck is doing. Sure, but I don't feel like this is... I feel like this is... Even though it's Star Wars, he's not dealing with um, uh, the Golden Three, like what Luke, Leia, and Han. Okay. It's Baze, Malbus, and Cheered Imway. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's Baze, Malbus, Cheered Imway. You can pretty much do whatever you want to. Yeah. We, we've got so many other stories. We, there's so much other canon involved with Luke and Leia and Han. I feel like you've got a lot more you can really do and get away with when it comes to Baze and Cheered. Okay. And and if you're not reading, Lazarus is one of the best comic books on the shelves. Lazarus is so good. Yeah. Like, if they make this Lazarus into a movie, oh, my God. It... it you're, you're, I'm talking, if they do it right, if they get the screenplay right, this is an amazing story. It's okay. an amazing story. Okay. I mean, I I'm, I definitely want to check this out. This mm-hmm. is a story I'm interested in, but I just, you know, I can't help my hang-ups. Not, not the biggest Greg Rucka fan. That's fine. You need to, more, you need to read more Greg Rucka. You need to read the right Greg Rucka. Um, the description for this book is, Bayes and Chirrut used to be guardians of the wills who looked after the Kyber Temple on Jeddah and all those who worshipped there. Then the Empire came and took over the planet. The temple was destroyed and the people scattered. Now Bayes and Chirrut do what they can to resist the Empire and protect the people of Jeddah. But it never seems to be enough. When a man named Saw Gerrera arrives with grand plans to take down the Empire, it seems like the perfect way for Bayes and Chirrut to make real a real difference and help the people of Jeddah, but will it all come at too great a cost? <laughs> so it seems like uh, it'll fill in some of the gaps, and I'm actually I'm looking forward to this book. Yeah, it's it's a proper novel too. It's not like a YA book. Uh, it's 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 a YA book. Mm, okay, it could still be very good though. Mm-hmm. It's a YA book. Uh, let's see here what we're gonna do now. I don't have any more Star Wars news. Uh, let's see. Here. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come right back. Sounds good.
All right. Hey, welcome back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're here. We're back. <laughs> it was a good break. Yeah, good break. Good uh-huh. break. All right. Uh, guys, we're going to be jumping into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop. Bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening to the show, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Uh, Jake, I want us to talk about uh, Split. Yes. We're going to talk about Split. It's the new movie by M. Night Shyamalan, uh, and uh, written and directed by him. It's another Bloomhouse production. Mm-hmm. Uh, they typically have movies that are around $5 million. This movie had a $10 million budget, so they put a little bit more into this. I guess they have a little bit more confidence with M. Night Shyamalan after the last performance uh, in the box office of The Visit, which did really well. Um, let's see here. So we're going to be jumping into this. Jake, what did you think about uh, The Split starring James McAvoy? Yeah, well, I mean, right off the gate, I, I absolutely love this movie. I, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. It, it worked on so many different levels. Other than just being like a thriller movie, it had just so much going for it. I mean, the performance by James McAvoy was amazing. I thought the um, – I forget what the uh, young lady's name was, the mm-hmm. actress. Yeah. I thought she was very good. Um, even the supporting characters were fantastic. I loved the uh, elderly uh, doctor. She was a great character. Dr. Mm-hmm. Fletcher? Yeah. Was that what her name was? Uh, yeah, I, I loved this movie. I, I thought the end was fantastic. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into that and talk about that. Yeah. But, I mean, it doing what it did. And, I mean, spoiler warning, right? Can I, can I Right now? All right. It's time. Uh, yeah, if you don't want to know, I guess you're going to talk about the end here real quick? Or? I, mean, I, wasn't, I can wait. Okay. Can I rate it real quick? Yeah, rate it. I, um, I, I am going to toss this movie. I yeah. did not like this movie. Um, as far as what like the movie should be titled, it should be titled The Last 30 Seconds because <laughs> everything else leading into this I did not care about. I liked James McAvoy's performance. Mm-hmm. I thought he was very good. I thought he did a great job. Everything else, though, in the story, in my opinion, I did not like it at all. I thought the cinematography was pretty good, though. I thought mm-hmm. the cinematography was really good. McAvoy's performance was really good. I had a huge problem with characters and the actions that they had in this film. I felt like these characters, the way that they were reacting to this situation was not believable at all. I felt like they just kind of like went along with it. Like mm-hmm. th- you've got these girls that are being captive, held captive, and they never really tried to fight their captor. And there was like three of them in the room with them at one time, and they never really tried to do anything. I'm just like thinking to myself, why don't they just try to like kick this guy's ass and overpower him? Yeah, they just seem scared and dumb to me. I, but it didn't work for me. Yeah. I, I've seen too many movies over the past year in 2016 and shows. I saw Room in 2015 where girls being held captive. I think they did it better in that movie. The OA where all these people are being held captive. I think mm-hmm. that did a better job. I thought Jason Isaacs did a better job as a captor and these people not wanting to escape because they knew the consequences. I felt like I just didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't understand. These girls not making any moves. 
<laughs> yeah, I it just you. didn't work for me at all. Um, yeah, I bought I bought into that completely. Oh, I hated it. It didn't bother me at all. Like I thought they did a good job developing those characters as yeah. just kind of dimwits. So by the time we got to the very end of the movie, like I didn't care about the big reveal. It didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like this movie at all. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah, I loved this thing. It was uh, great. I'll never, I'll never watch it again, and I'm not excited for the sequel. <laughs> yeah, what's the sequel going to be? Well, the sequel is uh, M. Night Shyamalan had talked with Empire. He said, I'm writing the outline now. It's weird. It's long. It's the longest outline I've ever had. It has so many characters. I hope if Split is a success, I'll have the opportunity to, uh, opportunity to finish the story. I want to finish it, so this is the third one. So what do we mean by the third one? Here's your official spoiler warning. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dickhole. You have been warned, spoiler pussies. All right. Yeah. Spoil it, Jake. Spoil it. Yeah, it's an unbreakable movie, it seems like, you find out at the end. Yeah. At the end, they reveal that Bruce Willis is there, and they bring up Mr. Glass. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this is another origin story that we saw. We saw an origin story for another villain. For another villain. Yeah. And it seems like Bruce Willis is going to come back to fight yet another villain, or this same villain. Mm. Like, I'm not really sure where we're going from here. No, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you don't give a fuck. Don't really care. <laughs> but I'm super excited. Unbreakable is easily my favorite M. Night movie, and I, I liked this quite a lot. So I'm excited. I feel like M. Night's back. I'm excited for more M. Night. Mm, I feel like this was just uh, – I feel like the whole movie was really lackluster up until, like, the very end. And then even the end I felt was just like a gimmick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, you'll have that. You'll have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. And I get it. I mean, there was there was the scenes on the train and Unbreakable, and then we had our train scene mm. here in this one. I get that. Uh, even the posters kind of teased that it was an Unbreakable sequel. You look at the split poster, and it had, like, the cracks in the glass. And then if you oh, look yeah. at the Unbreakable poster, it has the cracks in the glass. And I can kind of see, like, where these movies are connected. I just didn't... I just felt like the character development in in this film just it just didn't work for me. Yeah, do you like Unbreakable? I love Unbreakable. Okay. I think Unbreakable is a fantastic movie, and I feel like it's better as if just like uh, like I think that's where M Night Shyamalan just should have stayed. I and he always thought that to himself. Like he's never been like big on sequels, mm-hmm. on making sequels, and I feel like he's just going back to the well right yeah. now. Like he's got nothing left, in my opinion. In my opinion, I didn't like the visit. I thought the kids were horrible. I thought the kids were absolutely awful, mm-hmm. and I did not like that movie. Yeah, and, and I liked that quite a bit. I know you did. Yeah. I know you did. I know you liked it. I did not like it. I, I did not have fun with that movie, and I felt like – I don't know. I just feel like M. Night, um, he just, he's just not doing it for me, man. He's yeah. just not doing it, and he hasn't done it for me in a long time. Yeah, that's a shame. Well, we'll I see. suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Saved you eight, eight bucks. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I don't even care about the, the next – the next M Night film or what he's doing. I mean, yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch his directed Stranger Things episode. But yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I'm in the minority here. A lot of people love this movie. I, I think a lot of people were just kind of ex- blown away by the performance of James McAvoy and 
Um, the cinematography was really good. There was lots of mm-hmm. like really unique first-person POV shots. He pulled the cinematographer from uh, one of my favorite horror films, It Follows. Oh, yeah. that, it's the same cinematographer, and I really enjoyed that cinematographer. So I, I love the cinematography in this. I just didn't like the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought James McAvoy, though, when he played Patricia, did mm-hmm. such a phenomenal job. I could always tell when he was turning into that character. Yeah. You could always tell, like, when he's playing one character, and then he does the switch, oh, and, he, yeah. and he turns into Patricia. I'm just like, oh, my God, that this guy is on another level when it comes to, to, to acting out these characters. Yeah. Like, I thought the Hedwig character looked stupid as fuck in the trailers, <laughs> but the Hedwig character, the, the child character that he plays, did a really he did a really good job with that character in this movie. Yeah, it worked a lot better in the movie than in the trailer. I mean, you see a dance sequence where he's dancing. Is it to Kanye? It's to Kanye, Okay, yeah. and he does that, and it's it's almost funny. But at the same time, it's freaky and scary. And I feel like he he made that scene work, not the actress in that scene. I feel like he made that scene work for me. Yeah. And um, there, there's certain there's certain parts of this movie that I do like, like, but but then there's as a whole when you put it all together, mm-hmm. it just didn't work for me. Just a big mess for you. Huh? And I, I don't like the way that they portrayed this this. Um, dissociative identity disorder. It's a real disorder. Yeah. And I feel, and I know I'm getting all SJW and shit. Yeah, geez. But I I don't feel like they put it in a positive light. And I feel like if I was one of the people that were suffering from this disorder, this is not the movie that I would recommend people to watch to understand my disorder. It makes... I feel I feel like you for that rationale you should hate every Alfred Hitchcock movie too. Well, basically. hold on. Like, I, I well, did sh- read an article that said that because it is so very different from what identity disorder mm-hmm. is that it does give you the wrong idea. Yeah, so it, it is a far cry from the actual disease. Well, and then he also he does this in the last movie, The Visit, where where somebody was suffering from another disorder and there is an outcry from people saying like that's not how that you should be portraying this right disorder. because it, it, it lacks the uh the the wounds that inflicts on the person who has it, it right uh they said that in the article that i read and i wish i remember where i read it mm-hmm. said that uh um fuck hitchcock uh psycho yeah is a way better descriptor because it see it, you see how tortured he is as it's going along with the shit that mm-hmm. happened with his mom and, and you didn't get that in this from what I read. But there, and there's also, like, no science in this that's believable about the disorder. Like, Yeah, the science is, is super science fiction. She's having, like, a Skype meeting with all these people and talking about how this disorder, like, these people are, like, more evolved. And so it's going into like, kind of like a, like an X-Men territory. Okay. Some have – some of the personalities have diabetes, yeah. but some don't. Some, right. some wow. need glasses, but some don't. I mean, if you're going to go fiction with it, just make up a different disorder. Okay, and yeah. I, I know I'm on a soapbox right now, and whatever. If you enjoyed the movie for what it was, that's fine. I just feel like he could have gone about this in a different way. At the end of the day, they kind of did, like the story kind of did say it wasn't the disorder, though. Like by tying it into Unbreakable and revealing it to be a supervillain origin story, it kind of does transcend. But the disorder is the same disorder that we have in the real world. Yeah. It, but they it's, they it's, tied it in with dissociative Identity disorder. But I feel like the, the the older doctor character was trying to prove that it was something more than that. You know what I'm saying? Like she was trying to prove But that's it. not real. Yeah. Well, that's where the science fiction came in. That, yeah, that, and yeah, but then then make it something else. Yeah. Don't make it this, this real disorder that we have in the real world. Yeah. 
Okay, I mean, I can understand why people are a little bit pissed off about that. I can, I really mm-hmm. can. Like, because like I, uh, you know, if I'm, uh, you know, I've been diagnosed with depression. Like, and if if he would if he would have like now is he gonna have like his depressed fucking you know what i mean is he gonna is he gonna basically piss on you know what i go through you know (laughs) in the next movie what i i don't know man i just i don't know i just didn't like this film for a lot of different reasons (laughs) wow made you mad on that level a little bit yeah it did (laughs) i hear you yeah yeah i thought he was a great villain uh, that's fine that you thought he was a great villain. I just feel like he could have had a different disorder or something. Yeah. You don't have to give him a real world disorder and then like, well, okay, now you're a super villain. It makes these people seem like these people that have this actual disorder well, are that, evil. Now you'll be weary when you're around them. It's just you'll, you'll watch your back. That's why I have a problem with it. <laughs> it, it opened the light. That's my, why I have a problem with it. My eyes are open. I, I'll be more aware now. Oh now 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 you're just being an insensitive fuck. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Guilty. I know, I know. I know. I know. You have you put zero weight on that at all. Like you don't care. It does not bother you one fucking bit. It does not. I know it doesn't. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't give a shit. The good news is is that if anybody that has that disorder is listening to the show, one of their personalities is going to agree with each one of you. Mm. Huh? Mm. That's mm. that is interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to cause a lot of conflict. Jesus. I hate this fucking episode already. I hate this fucking episode. I fucking hate it. I hate it. I hated this episode out of the goddamn gate. As soon as this figure hit record. Uh, Yeah, so that's split. Uh, We were split. uh, Split decision. You are not helping. (laughs) This is great. It's not. It's really not great. Freck loved it. This is like the opposite of great um let's talk about riverdale uh on uh, the cw god i'm ready to wrap this episode up <laughs> i'm ready to wrap it up all right uh <laughs> riverdale on cw a subversive take on archie and his friends exploring small town life the darkness and weirdness bubbling beneath riverdale's wholesome facade um did everybody watch this yeah no, I, I didn't watch it you didn't? I watched it. no i'm just joking i watched it <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're just full of them now, aren't you, Jay? Here's that sarcasm. Wow. <laughs> I figured you were in the perfect mood for that joke. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So many t- <laughs> <laughs> The time he felt so right. Mm. Somebody take it away. I'm I'm done. I'm fucking done. I uh, I'll go. I I used to read the Archie comics when I was a kid. And uh, like around 1990 and stuff, we'd pick them up when we went to the store and shit. So, I mean, I read I don't know how many countless Archie stories, and I didn't know what this was when I came into it. So, for me, this came off kind of like bad, like Sharknado was bad. Like, I'll keep watching it because some of the themes and things that they're exploring are so fucked up from what happened originally in those, you know, good wholesome comics that uh, I'm going to keep watching it. But... I got to low taste it. It was so very different that it kind of like shook me out of my thing. Like uh, with Archie and Miss Grundy. And Miss Grundy in the comics was like a 60-year-old woman with white hair and a bun. And in this, she's a hot teacher fucking a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just really out there. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I kind of low taste it. It's just it's really awkward for me right now, and I can't really get a handle on it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't part of the um, recent like Archie like – 
you know, come back with Mark Wade and everything. Mm-hmm. But I have read my fair share of fucking Archie comics. Um, you know, I, I read the first, like, six issues of The Afterlife with Archie. I read the big, you know, My Life with Archie stuff that they did where it was like, is he going to date? He married both uh, Betty and Veronica in that Life with Archie. So I've read my fair share. So I kind of knew what I was getting into. And, man, I got to tell you, I actually I actually really dug this a lot more than I thought I would. I was really shocked by it. I'm going to give it a high taste it, and I will watch next week. I was really taken aback. I hadn't watched any commercials or previews or trailers for mm-hmm. this or anything. Like, I'd seen the casting and the pictures of the people. Yeah. But I wasn't um, prepared for the mature themes that we were going to get. I expected a lot more wholesome yeah. Wholesome CW stuff. Yeah. And was just kind of ready for, like, you know, just kind of salt fest. Right. And was really taken aback by, like, the murder and the sex with teachers yeah. and and just all of it. And, yeah. And just, it's great. I, they do horny kids really well. Yeah. I, I, it's the best show with horny kids I've seen in a long time. I'm excited to see more. Jake loves his horny kid TV shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I will say this. I honestly feel like the CW as a fucking network, I think they literally own a 3D printer that just spits out beautiful fucking kids. <laughs> I think that they own that technology. Like all their fucking shows. Jesus. They're all like cut from the same cloth. These kids. Just gorgeous looking fucking kids. They have a factory. It's crazy. Uh, I love this show. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I thought it was wonderful. I, I love, I love the mature take that they're taking on this, but they're also, basically, it's, it, it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's, you're taking these Archie characters, but you're putting them into this murder mystery world. So you've got things that you know from the original comics. I love the fact that you've got all these characters here. We've got the, we've got the murder mystery of who killed Jason Blossom. Yeah. And in the comics, he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. So now he's dead. And so like, <laughs> who killed him? It makes me wonder, are we going to get flashbacks with this actor playing Jason Blossom in the future? Hmm. I really think that we will. I think that we're going to get some flashbacks of him and Cheryl and them in Riverdale and things like that. Um, I love the fact that Veronica calls him Archikins mm-hmm. in yeah, the episode. I, I was so happy to hear that. Um, the actress that plays uh, Veronica, I was really worried about her because like, I wanted her, and they showed this in the first episode, I, I wanted her to, number one, to get along with Betty and Archie in a way. I I want her to actually have feelings for Archie like she does in the comics. Mm -hmm. And I wanted her to kind of keep, you know, Betty close as kind of like a friend. Yeah. But on the flip side, like if shit hit the fan, I wanted to see classic Veronica bitch. Yeah. And I got that. I got that scene where she fucking snaps off on Cheryl Blossom when they're doing like the cheerleading, the cheerleading tryouts. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that scene was amazing. Yeah, the cheerleading tryout scene was really and good. And you could see the way she shut down Cheryl Blossom. You saw the look on Cheryl Blossom's face. And I was just like, all right, point Veronica. Now let's see where this goes in episode two. I thought that was great. She also, she looks like a mixture of uh, Christina Ricci and Phoebe Cates. She does. And then I felt like Betty, the actress that plays Betty, look at her. She looks like Brittany Murphy and Alicia Silverstone from Clueless, like if they merged into oh, one that person. Is, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And um, I, I think both of these actresses that they got are fantastic. Um, Archie, the whole uh, Miss Grundy thing. That yeah. was, that was wow. like, whoa. I loved it, man. <laughs> yeah, I loved crazy. it too. That's when I was like, man, this show's pretty great. <laughs> um, they, 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 Archie is not 100%. He's not clumsy in this. I guess, I guess if you're going to call clumsy like him slipping into a teacher's vagina mm-hmm. and fucking her in a car, I guess that's his only, it's about the clumsiest thing he's ever done in this. <laughs> right. Um, 
I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I give it a Tupperware. I can't wait for the next episode. I just hope they can keep the momentum going. I don't know if this can go more than one season. There's one mystery. They've got to, they've got to really just crack this open and make it crazy yeah. and give us yeah. multiple mysteries upon multiple mysteries. Without getting too ridiculous, like without UFO abductions and stuff. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't right. want to go there, but yeah. I do want it to. I, I grew up in the time of, uh, I, of course, I loved 90210, and we saw 90210 alumni in this. We saw Luke Perry playing yeah, Archie's father, crazy. and I love that. But on the flip side, I don't want to see 90210's type of stories kind of in this. I want to see more of Melrose Place. Melrose Place was a little bit more adult and edgier when it first came out. 90210 eventually got there, mm-hmm. but I never thought they did they did it as well as Melrose Place did in Melrose Place's heyday. Yeah. And I lo- dude, I love this. I think this is great. I I think I think if you're looking at this, this is an Elseworld story. Oh, completely agree. Completely oh, yeah. This is an Archie Elseworld Elseworld story. Mhm. I, if I want to read the Mark Wade Archie Wholesome book, I can, and I do, and I love it for what it is. Yeah. But I can also take those characters, and in the comics, they'd be like, hey, what if, what if we threw Archie into a zombie universe? They've done it. It's called right. Afterlife with Archie. Now, hey, let's take Archie and put it into like a fucking murder mystery. You know, yeah. uh, and, and I love what they're doing here. I, I think this is a great series. Unfortunately, the ratings were just modest. That's too bad. That's mm-hmm. too bad. A lot of promotion for this too. Sure, yeah. uh, the, the characters were so great. Like I, I within 15 minutes of this, I instantly like bought into the fiction that all these people were, you know, mm-hmm. Archie, Betty, Veronica, yes. Kevin Keller. You know, yeah. all of them. They mm-hmm. they were so good. Not enough Jughead yet. To really right. develop, oh, they're going to do opinion. that. Though. Yeah, they got know, a backstory there to go over. I, I mean, know. we've got nine episodes in this first season. I know there's at least nine episodes that they're coming out in this first season. I don't know if they're going to have any more. They might announce more. I just don't have a yay or a nay yet, or much of a handle on that mm-hmm. actor or character yeah. from this first episode. Yeah. But everyone else was fantastic. I mean, yeah. Betty and Veronica were great. I mm-hmm. I loved um, Cheryl Blossom. Yeah, I can see like how she could kind of end up kind of being much like the Cordelia in the first three seasons of Buffy, I, like yeah. that lovable yeah. bitch character. I'm sold on. Uh, I'm sold on Veronica. I'm sold on her. I, she. I was thinking to myself at the beginning. I was like, is she going to be able to be Veronica? That that I'm a character that I'm going to really like because I think that's a very layered character. I will admit, I did like Reggie. The, the little oh, yeah. bit that he was in mm-hmm. there because he was pretty much as I remember him in the comics mm-hmm. being just a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like uh, uh, the moose scene. Yeah. Yeah. I was like uh, – so yeah, moose in the comics, they, he's come out, right? Kind mm-hmm. of like closet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't read that far yeah. into it. Yeah. Has he come out in the comics? Uh, I think it's always still – he's okay. like – not completely. Yeah. He's confided in people, but yeah. not come out like to the yeah. public. I, I'll be honest with you. I'll, all I've read is like the Mark Wade stuff. I didn't read much of the earlier stuff with Archie. You gotcha. know, a few comic books here and there. Gotcha. You mentioned uh, Jughead. Did you recognize who that actor was? Uh, no, I know. I know he's a kid actor that's been in a bunch of stuff though. Yeah, he's uh, Cole Sprouse, one of the twins, Dylan and Cole. They used to be on the Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. I think it was. Never watched it. He was some kid from some Adam Sandler movie too. Mm. Ah. Like, I just saw that in one of the promotion pieces I was reading about the show. I just thought that was funny because it's like a Disney kid, so we get to see what kind of twisted stuff they can make him do. Like, yeah. what's his story about? He's not a recognizable enough Disney kid to me, though. So Hiram Lodge is in prison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fucked up. No more watching him fucking golf. Who's going to play Hiram Lodge? 
I mean, I, I'm sure I could go on IMDb and it might be on there. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they're holding off on that for the second season. You think it'll be a big reveal on who's playing? I hope so. I actually hope that they cast a, a pretty well-known actor or somebody that I've seen before. Yeah. I hope so. He'd never do it, but if I had like a fantasy casting, it'd be J.K. Simmons. Mine would be <laughs> J.K. Simmons. Go ahead, guys. Talk about something else while I look up the actor. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't made an attempt at doing an Archie show previously. Like watching this, I was like, wow, this this is just working so there well. There was one. There was another way one. back in like the early '90s, I think it was, and it tried to do like the wholesome crap, like what happened when Archie grew up, and uh, it just it did not work. It was with real people. Yeah, oh, wow. it, yeah, it was live acted. The actor that I would choose for Hiram Lodge would be Ray Wise. Oh, that name sounds familiar. What's he, he from? was in – he starred in uh, the show Reaper that I love, but he was also in RoboCop. He played Leon Nash. Uh, he was in Twin Peaks. Um, he played Leland Palmer. Uh, okay. I got to look him up. I'll show you the actor. I know, I know who he is. You'll know exactly. That's who I would pick. Oh, yeah. Lodge. Okay, I see that. Definitely. Oh, man. He'd be fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, this is this took me by surprise. I, I can't I can't lie. I was expecting to most likely toss this, but I had a shit ton of fun. It shook me. Uh, it depends on how the rest of the show goes. <laughs> like if I, if I can like get into it. You didn't like it, Frank. It was just really shocking for me. I didn't know what I was watching. I was laughing at it in points I know I shouldn't have been laughing at it. I, I guess I, I I had the same reaction, but I I kind of gave it the applause for doing that to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I love. I it. was like. Wow, this is I can't believe this is happening. Thumbs up. No, it's completely. like they put a really cool spin on Archie, man. Like I'm in this crazy world where all this fucked up shit's happening yeah. and Yeah, because I believe in these characters, because yeah. I believe that's Betty, because I believe that's Archie, yeah. and, you know. And then all this mature shit's happening. It just like really ramps up the drama for right. me somehow. Was, like it's like the nostalgia plus the mature theme. Yeah. I it's love like, it. Wah! There was one thing that I noticed, and uh, I'll, we'll give it credit for this. Like on the surface, they all have their happily happy bubbliness showing, yeah. but like uh, even with uh, Betty, when she was getting tore into at the cheerleader tryouts, she dug her nails into her ha- palms so hard, making a fist, she made herself bleed. It's like she's got some fucking pressure disorder there, and she had like a weird ch- thing going with her mom too. <laughs> I <don't>. What? <laughs> I, I got nothing. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Frank. <laughs> yeah, this was great. I loved it. It was great. Like, I, I, I can see people, like you're saying, it's an Elseworlds thing. You got to yeah. think of it that way. Like, yeah. You can't get bent out of shape about it. Oh, hell no. Yeah, no. yeah. It was great. Yeah, I loved it. So I Tupperware it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, Riverdale. I'm going to be watching, man. I'll probably be watching this entire first season. I don't see myself dropping off. It's really got a fucking... Yeah, can I watch it any other way besides on um, DVR? Is it Hulu? Mm, I don't know. Okay. No, no, no. They they, they dropped their deal with Hulu. Yeah, Flash Flash and and, uh, Arrow and all those shows are not on Hulu. You might be able to watch it on the CW app. Okay, okay. Because Berlanti's involved with this too somehow, isn't he? I don't know. Huh? I thought he was some kind of producer or something. He might be. You yeah. would know more than me because I never even knew that. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you guys have for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Anything? Uh, I have something, but I, I need a moment. Okay. Frank? Uh, yeah. I've actually got a new show that I started watching. Yeah. Uh, it's called Teachers. Okay. It's on TV land. Uh, they just started their second season, but I, before I watched that, I wanted to start off on season one, so I bought it off of iTunes. And um, it, it's – 
made by a six-woman comedy troupe from Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's written and acted by them. And it's about six, like, weirdly stereotypical teachers. Like, they all have, like, weird personality quirks. Like, you got a hippie atheist teacher and one that's overly Christian, one that's slutty, uh, one that's, like, kind of hardcore, like, real tough. Um, and it's, it's absolutely fucking hilarious. It's great. Uh, it's, it's toilet humor. It's right up my alley. Dick fart jokes, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's got, it's got actually some big, bigger name, uh, guest stars on it. Like Lacey Chabert was in one episode where, um, one of the teachers, ex-boyfriend started dating her. And so they all happened to go in on a click against her. And one chick takes a shit in her desk <laughs> to get at her. Uh, uh, Rob Cordry is on an episode. Oh, I love him. And, uh, he, he gets into a relationship with the slutty one and he's a janitor at the school. Mm-hmm. So she's all ashamed of it and shit, but he keeps showing up and like grabbing her ass and stuff and talking dirty to her. She just loves it. Uh, and, um, the, it, it's just really, really funny uh, that they don't take anything seriously. I don't think it's something by any stretch of the imagination that you have to watch like, Linearly, like mm-hmm. you could definitely jump in right on the second episode, and like as long as you get the idea that they're just weird teachers, right? You, you'd be fine. Uh, but it, it's great, like the the interplay between the different personalities and stuff. Like on one episode, the slutty chick gets drunk, and they're all out at a bar and kisses the overly Christian chick. Well, now the overly Christian chick is having like a crisis of faith. Like I can't do this. What does she want from me? And the slutty chick was just drunk. She didn't even think anything of it. Yeah. But it, it's just really awkward situations, stuff you're not going to see in the real world. It's like a bunch of skits all thrown together are on the same premise. Hmm. It's absolutely great. I love it. Uh, I, I absolutely give it a Tupperware. This is on TV land? Yeah. yeah. And you catch it on Tuesdays at 9 right off on. of that. That's cool. I didn't even know they had original programming. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've been doing it. What's that? Impastor with uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Uh-huh. That's another TV land show, I believe. I think so. Yeah. And wow. that's I, that's uh, that's been – that first season was fantastic. I haven't watched the second season yet, but – Right. I wonder what happened to Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing a he, – basically, he moves into this town, and he pretends to be a uh, a pastor. And he's, <laughs> he's actually like a criminal. So it's, it's a pretty funny show. It does sound interesting. What do you got, Jake? Um, I started watching. What was your rating on that? Tupperware. Tupperware. Okay. I started watching a new reality show on CBS called Hunted. You guys heard of that? Hunted. Yeah. No. It's a pretty interesting show. Um, I'm going to give it just a, a middle ground taste it, but I'm going to keep watching it. Um, the premise is there's nine teams and they are like on the run, and there's real FBI agents chasing after them. And if any team cannot be caught for 28 days, they win a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> and so it's being like actually run by a retired FBI unit commander, and he's got a whole squad of people. <laughs> and you're seeing like the technology he would use to find these people. And it, it is a really fascinating these show. These people are on teams? Yes, it's teams of two. And it's, it's all people that know each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's two friends or it's two brothers and stuff like that. And you're just told right there at your home, go. And you could do whatever you want. Like, you know, it's up to you if you want to use this phone or that phone or this car or that car or whatever you want to do. You mm-hmm. just can't get caught for these 28 days. Right. And, you know, the FBI actually enters their home, searches their home for all the information they can find about their friends and their family. Wow. You know, they're showing them, like, tapping into their phones and into friends' cell phones and just having people sit and listen to friends' cell phones and everything. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the different tactics that the different teams do 
to try to get away from them. Mm-hmm. Like one team just totally does the I'm going to run into the middle of the woods approach and just stay lost in the woods for t- like camping in the woods for 28 days. Right. They're not going to why would they know I'm here? They're yeah. not going to find me. Right. But in but other teams are like, you know, it seems like they knew ahead of time they were going to play this game. And they've got, like, what they consider safe houses mm-hmm. where they've got friends and family willing to harbor them. Yeah. And so they're just going to the friends and family's house and everything. Huh. And it is crazy. I'm two episodes in. There's nine teams. I, I'm. It's either eight or nine teams. And they've already busted three teams. Wow. And it's just, like, and some of the stupid shit these people did, like, to get busted. Like, one fucking team wrote their entire itinerary down on a piece of paper and there was like a calendar underneath it, so the entire imprint of the itinerary of where they were going to go and what they were going to do was left behind for the FBI agents and to find in, their, in the house. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, oh, oh my gosh. Jeez. But yeah, I, I. What's it called? It's called Hunted, and it's on what? Uh, CBS. Huh. Um, it's it's a terrible name. Yeah. It's a really generic name. But I, I hope yeah. we get a season two, and I, I'm definitely going to keep watching this. Like, I I guess what's keeping it from being a Tupperware. Is I wish the production value was a little bit better. Like I, I guess after watching so much like shows like Survivor and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, like really polished reality shows, that this feels a little bit like I was gonna say raw, but it's not like raw in the good way. It's just mm-hmm. like it needs to be a little bit better edited. Well, it's different, so they're probably trying to figure it out still. Yeah, you know I mean? exactly. Yeah. But I could see this show becoming a Tupperware. I would love to see this get a season two. Hmm. I think it would be even more fun, like seeing people try to do this even after seeing the first season of this show. Right. Like thinking they know what's up just because they saw what worked and didn't work yeah. watching the first season. Yeah. And kind of the evolution of trying to play this game. Right. But, yeah, it was really cool. And the, the teams were really neat. And I, I had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited. It's on Wednesdays. I'm excited for the next episode already. Huh. Yeah, I might have to check that out. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's it's definitely on the CBS app. Yeah. Because I, I heard about it after the first episode. Yeah. And watched it on the CBS app. Nice. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I might. Like, I think I would get into that actually. Yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty cool, yeah. and the people are so serious. Like they did a good job casting the actual people doing the job. I guess it's not casting; it's it was these people's jobs. Oh yeah, and but they, they want to. But you want to get. I mean, you, you want to get people that are going to be interesting to follow as they try to bust these people. Yeah, and they're not overly cocky, right? Because that would kind of turn me off. Like yeah. seeing a bunch of these like. Officers like ha ha, you know, these, yeah. these dumbasses. Right, would be like cops. The only yeah. thing standing between me and them is the thin blue line. Yeah, exactly. It's not like cops, cops. <laughs> it's it's you really learn a lot of stuff about what these people do, and it's honestly scary. Like I didn't know like any car basically post 2010. You can just dial up on a system and see where it's at. Oh wow, Shit. wow. No, I didn't so, know. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, this show is freaking me out. <laughs> Suddenly I'm happy to have a 2004. Yeah, so, yeah, buy a 2009. <laughs> yeah. I got a 2010. Oh, <laughs> shit. They know you. I uh, I went to the theater this week and I watched The Founder. Oh, uh, nice. I'm jealous. The McDonald's movie. I did not sneak in McDonald's. How <laughs> oh, you should have. But I did leave the theater and I went straight to Five Guys. <laughs> <laughs> is that true story? It's a true story. <laughs> Um, it's the story of Ray Kroc, a salesman who turned two brothers' innovative fast food eatery, McDonald's, into one of the biggest restaurant businesses in the world with a combination of, of ambition, persistence, and ruthlessness. It's directed by John Lee Hancock. It stars Michael Keaton as Ray Kroc, Nick Offerman as Dick McDonald, 
John Carroll Lynch as Mac McDonald, Linda Cardellini as Joan Smith, B.J. Novak as Harry J. Sonneborn, Laura Dern as Ethel Kroc, and uh, Justin Randall Brook as Fred Turner, Kate Neeland as June Martino, and Patrick Wilson as Raleigh Smith. Oh, great cast. Um, I man, this. I teeter on this one. It's it's between a high taste and a Tupperware. Hmm. I'm going to watch it again. I, you know, I'm just going to stick with. I'm going to give it a height. I'm going to fuck. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. <laughs> it's a Tupperware. I'm going to watch this again. Yeah, it, it's really good. I, I I think like. I think I got to get it out of my head that this movie has to get into like. That it has to get sinister like real evil about ray Kroc. yeah because he basically steals the shit kind of yeah i mean this is like another movie kind of like the social network um or so or like you know uh steve jobs mm-hmm. where you know somebody comes up with a great idea and basically somebody else takes that idea and turns it into something bigger mm-hmm. you know what i mean like steve jobs did with wozniak and it's 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 a really good movie i think the way that the the director did this story is it, it's really good because you start off with you're actually rooting for Ray Kroc you know I mean this guy is like in his 50s and 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 nothing you know he, he's he's basically selling uh ice cream mixers mm-hmm. and he's living paycheck to paycheck and traveling the country he never gets to spend any time with his wife and and all of a sudden he these guys want to buy these these mixers from him. He travels out to Los Angeles and and uh, California, and these these McDonald brothers. He goes to their eatery, and the line like they've shown him on the road going to different eateries, mm-hmm. and he waits for half an hour to get his food. Then he gets the food, and it's the wrong order, and he's just like fuck. So he goes to McDonald's, and he's in line, and all of a sudden, like he, the line is just moving. And you gotta you gotta remember like this is this is new like, like there weren't fast food places back then. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Like when you went somewhere to eat, man, you were fucking waiting, you mm-hmm, know. And mm-hmm. if you went to like a like a drive-in, that you were waiting for your food. So he gets in line, and this line's moving. He gets up there, and all of a sudden he, he says, "Yeah, I'll take a cheeseburger, or a diet coke, and fries, or a coke, not diet coke, a coke and fries." And literally, like ten seconds later, they hand him the bag, and he's just like. Now what do I do? (laughs) Where do I eat it? And he's the guy's like, you can eat it anywhere. You can eat it in your car. You can eat it at the park. (laughs) He's like, where's the silverware? He's like, is there a plate? He's like, just use the wrapper and then throw the wrapper away. And like Michael Keaton's character of Ray Kroc, just like doesn't know what to do. It's 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 it, and, and, and but they they do it in such a way to where like you understand like this is a new concept for him that he's learning. Like right, yeah. this is old hat to us. Like we right. go through drive-through windows like they're nothing. Mm-hmm. But this was something new and revolutionary. Like I remember a movie Greg Kinnear came out with years ago. I can't remember the name of it, but it was the windshield wiper. The guy that invented the windshield wiper. Mm. And they're explaining the windshield wiper. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm thinking to myself, this is a windshield wiper. Like, why, why, you know, like, right. But the way they did that in that Greg Kinnear movie, I'm just like, I get it. Like, these people have never seen it before. He has never seen this before. And it was cool. They showed the McDonald brothers and how they came up with the idea for the fast food restaurant. That is cool. And these guys basically took this design of the fast food restaurant to a tennis court and they would draw these different stations of the fast food restaurant on the court and have the
the people that were going to work in the restaurant stand at the station and kind of do like a synchronized uh. movements of like the best way to make the burger. And each one was given a specific job. You're the wrapper. You're the guy at the grill. You're the guy at the fries. All right. Now you're at the dressing station. And and they would move like clock, clockwork. And it took them six hours to get this down and, and different designs to get it down. They show you everything. Yeah, that's really cool. I, it looks really fascinating. And you see Ray Kroc kind of like understand like this is – this could be huge. This could be huge. And he saw something wonderful and you're rooting for him. But on the flip side, when he steals it and you see the change in his character – it's amazing that the director did such a wonderful job of this character that you're rooting for. Now he's the villain. Mm-hmm. Now he's the villain. And you look at him differently at the end of the movie. And it's, 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 the movie's fantastic in that way. It's really, really good. I guess I was just expecting more of like your Scarface journey. Mm-hmm. Like where you look at him like at the beginning, like, you, know, you know, simple. And yeah. towards the end, like you, like oh my, now he's a badass. Like, <laughs> you got Ray Kroc just yelling and screaming, and and like you know, you know, he does change. Yeah, he does change, but not to that extreme. You don't have like Ray Kroc, Kroc like yelling f bombs, like <laughs> they're my fucking hamburgers now, <laughs> you know, and like snorting some dehydrated onions in front of your oh, face God. and shit. No, it doesn't get to that point. But it's still a very, very, very well done movie, and I will watch it again. I got to give it a Tupperware. I think uh, it's not doing too well in the theaters right now, but. Um, um, I guess they were thinking like, oh, everybody's eating at McDonald's. Everybody's going to go see this movie, right? No, <laughs> not the case. Uh, but uh, Michael Keaton's fantastic in this movie. Nick Offerman is just stellar, yeah. stellar oh, in this. He's fantastic. Well, this this part works for him. This was just great casting. Whoever the casting director was that thought to themselves, okay, let's get a guy in here that can p- portray – um, uh, you know, uh, Dick McDonald as this meticulous, <laughs> meticulous guy uh, who who can think of these one these these concepts that have never been brought up in the fast food in, in, in the food industry before. He th- th- great casting. That's awesome. He's so good in this. I got to give it a Tupperware. Um, I recommend you see. And, and I guess when you go back to me saying high taste at Tupperware, I guess my only problem was because like I guess I was expecting like. A bigger villain turn? We do, yeah. I mean, we, you got, and I can't expect that from a fast food movie. I mean, I've, we've seen Wolf of Wall Street. We've yeah. seen Goodfellas and we've seen Scarface where yeah. like they start off as simple characters, but like they turn into like this incredible asshole towards the end. Yeah, it's a biopic, so it's going to be more subtle than right, that. Right, right. And so I think like that's, I, I, I don't necessarily, I, I, as long as they kept it true to the person, to the story, I think they did a great job. I think they did a really good job. Um, and uh, of course, I think Nick Offerman and Michael Keaton were the standout performances here. They didn't really give like uh, um, Patrick Wilson a lot to do. He was good. Linda yeah. Cardellini was good. Laura Dern. Um, Laura Dern, not the best. I thought mm-hmm. she was better in the 99 Homes film with Andrew Garfield okay. and, that came out a few years ago. That was a great film. She was a great performance in that. She was okay in this. B.J. Novak. I love B.J. Novak. He was fantastic in this for the limited time he had on screen, but yeah. really, really good. Really, really good in his role, so I Tupperware it. 
Awesome. That sounds. I can't wait to see this movie. I yeah. probably won't get to see it in the theater, yeah. but it's um, top of my list when I can watch it at home. All right, let's take another. I fucking. I still hate this episode. <laughs> this, I still this, hate this it. This segment was better. Yeah, I suppose. I agree. All right, let's take another break, and then um, I gotta get some water in my mouth. My mouth is dehydrated. I'll get you some. Give me some water. Yeah. Cool. All right, we'll be right back. I'm <laughs> like letting everybody know I'm thirsty. I know. We need some water. Hey, listeners, I'm hey, thirsty. Hey, some water down here for Brian. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Where's that fucking, hey, where's my PCL intern? Where's my fucking water, you little fucking bitch? <laughs> Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read, but their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers. And on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right. Hey, we are back. Uh, we got a hard stop tonight. We got to stop at 930. Jake, you got to get out of here. So we're going to try to get as much of this done as we can. Yeah. You feel free to continue without me. Oh, probably not. <laughs> God. No, me and Frank. Fuck you that. and Frank could tear the town up. I am going to. No. No, I'm going to drop it like it's fucking hot uh, as soon as 930 hits. Uh, yeah, guys. It's now time for the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye. Read all about it. All right, uh, let's see here. We have some Stranger Things season two details. Uh, cool. This comes from Hollywood Life, who spoke to David Harbour, who played Jim Hopper, the uh, cop, the sheriff in the series. At the panel at the Fan to See Comic Con cruise, he said, "It's a year later in the story, so there are several things that happened like uh, that happened last year. Like Will has come back." There are certain people in the town that know what happened and then certain people that don't know what happened. So there's a lot of fallout with who knows what. So it sounds like most of the people in the town don't really know what happened. Uh, I like that approach. Yeah, it's fun. And the missing year that we didn't see could add a lot of intrigue and mystery too. Yes. I think that's really cool. And it's something that you're almost forced into doing mm -hmm. with how fast the kids are growing already. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the kids are going to grow up and they're going to get older. Um, and so you've got to you've got to do a time jump every I think season. That's a perfect approach. Uh, he also spoke about a new cast member and uh, joining uh, season 2. It's uh, Sean Astin. Uh, Sean Astin from Rudy, Lord of the Rings, he played Sam. Uh, he, from the Goonies. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's going to be playing a former classmate of Jim's. And uh, David Harbour said, we have Sean Astin. He's Winona's new boyfriend, much to the chagrin of the chief of police. So it sounds like he is maybe ha – he has some feelings for her. So, wow. uh, you know, Jim Hopper has feelings for Winona. Now she's dating Sean Astin. So we might have like a little bit of a love triangle situation in the next season. I think that's that's – Interesting. Yeah, it I is like interesting. It. it is interesting. And a lot of hyper personalities on Stranger Things. Yeah. So who knows what kind of character Sean Austin will be. Yeah. Like, he might be secretly kind of a D-bag. 
Oh, I think he's going to be a D bag. Jim and only Jim Hopper is like seeing that. What was yeah. the what was the movie he was in? He was in a comedy. I don't know if it was like an Adam Sandler thing where he played like the the boyfriend and he wore like the there's a scene. It was a comedy and he it, he played like the D bag boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And later on, they showed him in like speedos or something like that. And it was kind of a funny movie, I guess. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I don't remember that mm-hmm. either. But yeah, yeah, it'll be a good part for him. I think it kind of goes along back with like the '80s theme. You yeah, know, you've I, got. You've got Sean Astin. He's like, you know, known for like being in the Goonies, and this took a lot of inspiration with the kids and the Goonies and things like that. So why not, you know, have him be a part of the series? Yeah, I agree. And and he's a very capable actor too. Oh yeah, it's like they could easily do the nostalgia thing and give a shit we don't want to see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's Cindy Lauper for no reason. <laughs> right, right, or whatever the fuck. I'm looking forward to Stranger Things season two. Oh, I mean, yeah, feed me more. Any yeah. week you got. Stranger Things news. I'm looking. I'm always looking. Um, uh, loosely, loosely tied to this is uh, uh, the Krampus director Michael Doherty has also been tapped to direct Godzilla: King of Monsters, and Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven in Stranger Th- Stranger Things, was just cast in this film. So this is going to be her first feature film role. She's going to be in the next Godzilla: King of Monsters film. Big break cool. for her. That's a high-profile role. It is. I just hope the movie's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it really doesn't matter. I, the first one did so well in the box office. I didn't uh, like it. I didn't care for it. But, I mean, it did well financially, and, and a lot of people did like it. So yeah. seems like a capable enough director. The special effects in Krampus were, were solid enough. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked I, – I really enjoyed Krampus. Yeah. I, I just – I don't see where that, like – where I, I don't see where you watch Krampus and you're like, oh, man – Godzilla. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can't wait to see what this guy can do with a huge monster. This makes sense. But um yeah, I, I and I think she's a great actress and I hope it I hope this movie's better than the first one. Yeah. I agree. It won't take one total bomb to bury her, but it'd nice be nice to see her avoid all that altogether. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Uh Shane Black's The Predator reboot is shaping up with a decent cast. We've got Bodie Holbrook from Gone Girl. Keegan-Michael Key, uh, Moonlight star Trevante Rhodes, Olivia Munn, Sterling K. Brown, Thomas Jane is now in negotiations, and now they've added Jacob Tremblay, the child actor from The Room, uh, not from The Room, but from Room, mm. reports THR. Tremblay will play the son of Holbrook's character, an ex-Marine who discovers the existence of fierce aliens but finds that no, finds that no one believes they exist. The son is autistic and bullied in school, but becomes a key player in the fight due to his pre- preternatural ability to learn languages. Wow, that sounds cool. So, yeah. That's great for him. Uh, he's got he's such a fanboy, too, so I mm-hmm. bet he's loving being in a Predator movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I want to see what Shane Black can do with the Predator. I, I mean, I was not a big fan of, like, Iron Man, and, but yeah. I, I love other Shane Black stuff. Yeah, I mean, Nice Guys was a step up. Yeah, it yeah. was okay. Yeah, watch, was right. watch Nice Guys a second time. No, oh, I'll really? pass. Oh, man, it really – I liked it more. No, I'll pass on that one. Yeah. It, I, I, it was okay. It, it was it was a fine watch. I liked the child actor in that one. So I'm excited to see what he can do um, with uh, Jacob Tremblay because I think he works really well with these child actors. And yeah. I, I love Jacob Tremblay in Room, and I thought that the child actor in, in Nice Guys was really good, one of the best parts of the movie. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see – I'm worried about a Predator reboot. I mean, the last one was not that great. The one with Topher Grace. Yeah, I never watched that. And uh, Adrian Brody. Not 
that great. It wasn't horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have been a lot happier to hear that um, – what's his face? Uh, Benicio Del Toro would have signed on to this role, but he did drop out. So mm-hmm. Yeah, he would have been good for this. He would have been great in this. He's going to be in Sicario 2, though, which is going to be coming out. What a weird movie to have a sequel. I thought it, I thought it was a weird choice, too. But I dig it. I'll see it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, that's all I got for news. I fuck this episode. This fucking episode sucks. I fucking hate it. It's all right. It's all right. It's garbage. <laughs> You're not even talking, Frank. I'm. You're just I'm, like over there. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah, he's listening. I know. You're not. You're you're part of the cast. I didn't have anything to say about that. Apparently, Jesus, speak up. <laughs> Man, fuck this fucking episode. Marvel News. Marvel News. We got to talk about a dick movie? What do I got to do to get him involved? Are there any dick movies on the horizon? I talked about a character in the McDonald's film called uh, Dick McDonald, and I didn't get anything out of you then either. I I was quite proud. I didn't catch it. He he, he was not paying attention to that one. All right, Marvel News. Your brace is ill placed. Marvel News. Marvel News. All right, Marvel News this week. Last week we talked about uh, uh, Hugh Jackman's statements about uh, it not being necessarily the same universe, a different paradigm, blah, 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 the Logan film. Correct. Right. And uh, you think that, you know, Hugh Jackman, how long has he been doing this uh, Wolverine X-Men stuff? How long has he been doing it? Since 2000? Since 2000. 17 years. years. You think that he would know what terminology he should use and what terminology he should not use uh, to confuse fanboys, but apparently he doesn't because James Mangold then clarified Hugh Jackman's statements about Logan not taking place in the same universe as the other films and he tweeted, don't think at real Hugh Jackman said that exactly. Simple fact, we take place in 2029, five years past anything depicted in X-Men films. So basically he's clarifying the fact that this is taking place in the same universe. This is is the same Wolverine, this is the same Professor X that we have uh, grown uh, with these characters over the past 17 years. So he had to clarify Hugh Jackman's statements because apparently Hugh Jackman, I guess he's only been doing this for 17 years. He doesn't I, – I don't, I don't understand. They like, were dumb statements too. They were dumb statements. Anytime you mention with fanboys, when you say it's it, it, anything even remotely mentioning it being a different universe. Yeah, he no-sold the whole universe. When Anytime you mention a universe – to us as fanboys, you're going to confuse us. Yeah, there, there is. It's not the same universe. People are going to get mad. That's true. Yeah, I got mad. It made me mad. It made me mad too. And just like literally, like less than like 48 hours later, we got James Mangold clarifying this. He's like, "Fuck this!" Oh, fr- hey, Frank, don't jump in. I was getting ready to. Don't know. Don't. Don't. Take a nap. No, I don't want to take a nap. <laughs> All right, talk to me. I was getting ready to say, like, you, well, you've already got a universe where you've got a separate set of actors playing these characters with the first class group. So already you don't want to have to try to jingle people's bells thinking, okay, well, is this part of that or is it not? Well, nobody knew Nobody knew if first class was part of this universe. It was actually – first class was supposed to be a reboot. Right. Yeah. But you know what? It did so well that they're like, oh, okay, now we can include it with the singing universe. And so then they did include it. Right. So – 
Is that what you're what are you th- what are you saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like trying to figure out if it all fits into the same thing or if it right. in fact is something. Are they, yeah, are yeah, are are they trying to make it separate? Yeah, I I just think that I think Hugh Jackman being kind of like a veteran in this should understand wh- why his statements were taken that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the same actors. It should be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Don't rob us of all the history of Patrick Stewart and right. Hugh Jackman and right. all these previous movies. Right. Like the whole point of this, the whole emotion of it all yeah. is that we've built up all these characters. Did you see the tweet Ugh. that I put on Facebook that yeah. somebody tweeted at James Mangold? Yeah. And it was like a sarcastic tweet and he quoted – like it's a fake quote, but he quoted Hugh Jackman saying, hey, everybody, guess what? We're all having carrot cake. <laughs> and then And then this guy put – James Mangold. No, 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 Hugh. We're all – I'm sorry. We're all just eating carrots. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it was like James Mangold re, you know, replied to that guy. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. It was funny. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. that motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it is all taking place in the same universe. This is the same Wolverine character. So like everything we talked about last week and we pissed and moaned about last yeah. week – I'm blaming Hugh Jackman for all of that because yeah. you don't say that. Yeah, I was the baton waver of that piss and moan train, so I was glad to read this. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I was glad to read it too, but it's like, don't – God, you've been doing this for how long, Hugh? You should know, don't say anything about this being slightly a different universe or anything like that because we're going to take it literally. Especially yeah. since that's been a huge speculation about what's going to be happening next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was such a dumb statement. Uh, following that bit of news, uh, I wanted to follow up on Deadpool 2 and X-Force. Deadpool writer Rhett Reese talked about the tone of the Deadpool films, and he said, and I think that what we stumbled into was a new tone, and I haven't seen Logan, so it's tough to say if they have it, but I think we hope to have our own universe that is defined by less characters and timelines and things like that and more by tone. The hope is Deadpool 2 and X-Force and future movies all will be this new, consistent, sillier tone. More self-aware tone and edgier and R-rated tone. We want to be establishing the universe but also focusing on each individual movie and not worrying too much about building a larger threat to the world or a larger plot machination. So he's basically saying – Deadpool films, he wants them to be sillier, edgier, and R-rated, more fourth wall breaking, and he also mentioned that he wants X-Force to be in the same tone, R-rated, sillier. Yeah, more character building, too. I got got from that a lot. Like, more Mm -hmm. just like, here's a week in the life of this team rather than here's this alien invasion type Well, last week, one of the... uh, Okay, last week, not to bring this up, but I I have to. Last week, one of the questions that we talked about was like, are they going to be doing an X-Force movie? Mm -hmm. I've been hearing yes, and you guys were like, oh, I think they're just going to include Cable into this, and then X-Force might might be its own separate thing within the X-Men universe. It sounds like uh, X-Force is going to be a part of this universe. Yeah, it does. This statement makes it like knowing what I know now makes me more inclined to think that the cable in Deadpool 2 will be in this. I've this is what I and, and this is the first concrete information we've had about this, but this is the way it's been leading to all along, I thought. Yeah. Is that X-Force is going to be coming out of this universe. And I think that's the way to go. I think it's all just so confusing <clears throat> to keep straight for me too with yeah. both the X-Force and the New Mutants in development. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit confused. Yeah, but that. we don't know where new we don't know where New Mutants comes into this. I, I honestly feel like New Mutants should be part of this. Yeah, New Mutants should be part of this. And when you say New Mutants, these should all be New Mutants. 
new mutants that they're bringing into this universe. Yeah, I agree. It's just that it, in comic terms, for the longest time, they were basically the same team. So it, it rather makes things confusing to me and, and what they're doing, having uh, both in development. I get you. I get you. And, and, you know, uh, like which yeah. one is Cable the fucking leader of? Mm-hmm. That, that That's where the confusion for me was yeah. coming in a lot. No, I get it. Yeah. I am absolutely down by the statements about having it be in this more sillier universe. Why? I, I like that idea. Oh, I, th- I, th- I thought you said you were down on no, that. No, 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 I, I like it quite a bit because Deadpool proved that you can have a movie that's over the top just like comics mm-hmm. and it works. Mm-hmm. And everybody seems to be stuck in like Nolan Batman syndrome where they want to make their shit all gritty and real. Not Marvel. Well, no, I know, but you don't want you don't want also to fall into the habit of doing the cookie cutter shit. Well, Deadpool doesn't just work because it's silly; it also works because it has real emotion too. It has heart. I mean, right. that first movie had yeah. a lot of heart. It was also a romance. Yeah, film. it was built as a romance. It was one of the best romance films I've seen in a long time. <laughs> it, was, it really was. Yeah. yeah, the origin was very solid and really tugged at the strings. You mm-hmm. know, so yeah, they did a great job. It was more. It, it transcended just being a silly, goofy, fourth wall breaking movie. It it had real heart. Like yeah, it was really actually good. Yeah, when you put Deadpool in the singing universe, what you get is what we got in Wolverine Origins. And I know that wasn't a singer directed movie, but like that's right. the tone that they took it in. Right. I agreed. And okay. I hate that. And and what they did here was they gave it like a true Deadpool comic book feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, yeah, it's a lot darker and edgier than a Deadpool comic. Like Deadpool comics, like in ways. In ways. Right. Well, there's no pegging in like the Deadpool comic. Yeah, I, but I also feel like movie Deadpool is a nicer character than comic book Deadpool in some ways. Like I feel like comic book Deadpool. Kills for a lot lesser reasons than mm-hmm. movie Deadpool. Well, and they movie might... Deadpool is a little bit more justified and a little bit more, you know, yeah, reserved. But well, we, we did see the yeah. target of that movie. It was a pretty well focused narrative. You had the backstory and then how it brought him through. It's like his his origin story. So the next one, you you don't know mm-hmm. if he will be as discretionary. I'm just saying, like comic book Deadpool. You know, you know, uh, pizza guy at the beginning of the movie. Oh, he would have bit it. That guy's dead in the comic I get you. But he wasn't really Deadpool quite yet at that point. Yeah, that guy's dead at any point in Wade Wilson's <laughs> life in the comic book, I feel like. I'm not taking that against it. I, I understand the, the tonal shift that they have to do for the movie. It's just interesting because you're right. In some ways, it is darker, but it is interesting. In some ways, it's lighter, too. Well, when you give it that R rating, you give you get more freedom to do more things than even the comic book will allow. And I'm glad that they were able to do those things because it gave us something different that we could all laugh at. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know? And the fourth wall, I think it, I think it doesn't come down to, like, I'm not just saying, like, it's a good movie because it's rated R. I'm oh, not, no, none of us because are. I saw, well, I saw Sausage Party last year, and <laughs> like just because that was rated R did not mean that that was a good movie. No, it was both of our it was worst low, animated movies of the year. It was low-hanging, stupid dick and fart jokes and sex jokes. I didn't even like most It was of just it. low-hanging fruit, and it was just dumb. A, this, a waste of talent. Right, you know. absolutely. And this was um, – this was this was just really well done. Deadpool is just so well done and so funny. And, and the action, like they didn't skip on the action. Nope. Like these guys are fantastic action directors. Yeah, it's on and another level. Far from sure. a one trick yeah. pony. Absolutely, absolutely. And like the well, sky, we'll see. The, well, the sky is the limit with this. I, I, I'm with Frank though. I think like they. I think 
all the things that we're hearing are are really good. Like they've kept the writers on, they, you know, and and yeah. and they want to keep the same direction yeah. that they had in the first film, and they they don't want to sell out and be like, okay, now we need this Avengers Age of Ultron budget where we get you know 150, 170 million dollars to do this movie. No, yeah. we're fine with. Hey, you know what? We had a 60 million dollar budget before. Maybe give us a little bit more. That way we can pay the writers to be on the fucking set when we do the movie. Right. That would be nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick for all the great job you did. Now you can actually, we can, the, the studio is going to pay for you to be here now instead of fucking Ryan Reynolds himself. Right. God bless Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, for that, thank you for doing By the that. way. Oh, I agree. I, the stars are, are definitely pointing to yes. I mean, yeah. it's just like everything's kind of lined up. And the yeah. second movie in like a comic book franchise always has the potential mm-hmm. to be the best movie in a comic book franchise. I mean, yeah. look at your Dark Knight, look at your Spider Man 2, look yeah. at your fucking Superman 2. Yeah. Like that second Winter movie, Soldier. like once you're past, I'll say it, Godfather too. Yeah, I think Godfather two is better than Godfather. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Like, yeah, once you're past all the the origin and all the you know having to explain everything and all yeah. that kind of shit, then you can really fucking get into the meat of some really crazy storytelling. Right. So Deadpool two has the potential to be possibly one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, Thr. Uh, they also spoke with Paul Wernick. And they, they asked him, they said, one of the best jokes in Deadpool addresses how confusing the X-Men movie timeline is. In Deadpool 2, will you continue to be able to ignore that timeline? Mm-hmm. Paul Wernick said, what's nice is Deadpool exists in its own universe. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. He's part of the larger X-Men universe. But in a way, he isn't. He interacts with that world, but he is in the present we don't deal with the 60s or the 70s or the future. It's here and now. More than anything, I think he's going to have his fun with what they do in the other franchise. But um, but fortunately, we don't have to play by those same rules. Deadpool is a movie that did break all the rules. And I think we're going to continue to break those rules. That involves knowing that he's in a movie, talking to the audience, breaking that fourth wall, a characteristic that they established so brilliantly in the comics way back when. So, yeah, I do think that timelines are something that we can just make fun of and don't have to be a slave to. So, guys, I love this. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Instead of trying to basically uh, take uh, Deadpool and um, have that other world, have that other universe they've created work into this Deadpool universe, they're just saying, I'm hoping this is what they're saying, is that we're just going to keep doing our own thing, and yeah. whatever they're doing over there, we're going to make fun of it. That's, <laughs> the, that's the way I took it. And yeah. a really good thing about Deadpool with the character and how it's written and everything is he can show up in an X-Men film, and yeah. it doesn't have to mean shit to his films. He's just there. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly just kind of want to keep them separate out of that at this point. I agree. Point. Yeah. It makes it confusing once you do that. I'm I, with it, but you know they're going to end up having to throw him in there sooner or later because at the moment he's the big ticket. I wouldn't mind seeing Quicksilver show up and yeah. do something fun. Just yeah. keep the Deadpool movies the movies where you can just throw anything in and it doesn't matter or have to make sense. I think yeah, it'd be great to sense. see like like uh, Evan Peters just like uh, zoom in to zoom into the movie and then uh, him break the fourth wall and say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to get you out of here. We can't afford this. <laughs> That's great. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> you know? That's great. Exactly. That's great. He's all nervous. And, and please shit. walk off the screen because we don't have the budget 
to do your whole fucking, you know, $100 million running bullshit scene. Have him fucking smash the boombox that's playing whatever song with no. a fucking sledgehammer. Well, I just think it'd be great to see Quicksilver walk off screen. Yeah. Instead of, like, fly off running. Right. Yeah, just have him, like, walk off, like, all, like, sad. <laughs> Uh, more news about that X-Men TV show from The Wrap. Uh, a day after ordering a pilot, Fox has set Brian Singer to direct Matt Nix's untitled X-Men drama pilot, currently called the Marvel Action Adventure Series. That's just the working title. It's not the not the real title of the So So the much show. news came out, like, two days after our last podcast that just shat all over everything we talked about. It was, like, instantaneous. <laughs> I was laughing about that. <laughs> this didn't really shit on anything we talked about with that series. Well, I mean, no, but it's just, like, we're pontificating just days yeah. before whether or not this is going to be a Singer Universe tie-in, and it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, uh... Didn't we talk about that? I thought that they said that this is going to be – Laura Schuler Donner said that this is going to be part of the, the Singer universe. That yeah. She said this is going to be part of the Prime universe. Yeah. The only thing we're finding out here is that Brian Singer is going to direct the first episode. He's oh, gonna, there you go. Um, so Matt Nix, the Burn Notice showrunner, is also the showrunner here on this one. But Brian Singer is going to direct this first one. Uh, the new drama's pilot connection to X-Men comes from its storyline, which follows two ordinary parents who discover their children possess mutant powers – Forced to go on the run from a hostile government, the family joins up with an underground network of mutants who must fight to survive. Nix previously told reporters that his series would have nods to Fox's big screen cinematic universe and fit within the world set up by the movies. It'll be a regular Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This has got to be on Fox proper, right? Is this going to be on FX? Like, I think the... Fox proper. I think it's Fox proper. Directed by Brian Singer. This is, this is fucking... This is Fox, Fox proper. proper. Brian Nix. This is Monday night, 7 o'clock, motherfucker. Oh, Matt Nix, excuse <laughs> me. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be... I think you'll have Legion on FX, and you'll have this, like, showing up on, like, Fox. Fox I proper. They yeah. want the kiddos in on this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, let's move on to, like... Uh, more into Marvel news. Uh, last week I mentioned uh, – oh, wait. Hold on. Real quick. Are you excited for this new X-Men series at all? I am. Are you? Yeah, I am. I'm excited. I think it sounds like a fun concept. I- I'm excited. Uh, mutant, mutants, there's a lot to do. There's a big playground mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I'll check it out. I mean I I fell off of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. early mm-hmm. and it's not something – no matter how good people say it is, I can get back on to. So I'm not comparing this. Fuck agents. I'm, I'm not. I'm not comparing. Well, that's this why I'm going to give it a chance. Shield. I mean, I want to watch it first to see. But I got the weird like. If I mention Legion, be. if you start comparing Legion to Agents of Shield, I'm going to say. I'm going to say like, what are you smoking? What the fuck are you smoking? <laughs> Do you fucking know anything about Legion? Have you been following are anything we with this? About I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> but no, like we're talking about another like comparing even this to Le- to to Agents of Shield is a little. I'm going to check it out because there was high hopes for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before it came out, too. I'm going to check it out. The only comparison I made was how they were trying to tie it into a theatrical overall cinematic Yeah, yeah. It's kind of tricky. I want to see how they do it. Yeah, I don't know. Which seems like it'll be a giant failure. Yeah. Especially in a universe that only gets one movie a year, if Mm -hmm. even. Yeah. So... All right. Uh, last week I mentioned uh, the 4chan rumor that Sharon Stone would be appearing in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. Uh, word is out on who she will be playing in the film. Sharon Stone will be the sixth Infinity Stone. Wow. All right, then. Yeah, that is wild. Who gets to wear that on their finger? Uh, the fifth stone is uh, Stone Phillips from Dateline NBC. <laughs> That's interesting. 
<laughs> guys, I'm pulling your fucking chain. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. About all of it? Yeah. Sure. Uh, Sharon, be- her last name's Stone. Oh. She's not a fucking Infinity Stone. Oh, I bought it. God damn it. <laughs> you say anything with a fucking straight face, I swear. I was going to toss it. That makes it any better. <laughs> all right. Uh, Dave, Dave Batista, he spoke with Collider at the Sundance Film Festival about Drax's role. Sharon Stone. Is, we, we don't know anything about it? Sharon Stone is the sixth Infinity Stone. <laughs> Stone Stone Phillips is number five. There's no Sharon Stone news at all? No. Oh. <laughs> I have no Sharon Stone news. No I don't know who she's playing. No no word on Total Recall 2? Jeez. Nah, uh, well, no, they they did the reboot with, uh, what was his name, Colin. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I already erased Colin that Farrell. from my memory. Oh, that was awful. It was so terrible. So bad. Dave Bautista, he spoke with Collider at the Sundance Film Festival about Drax's role in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And he says it's much bigger than in Guardians of the Galaxy. Of course. It's an extended version of the first film for the Drax character. There's just a lot more. Most people's first perception of Drax would be he's just a big, muscly brute, and he's just going to go in and be an all-action character. But he's more funny, driven. There's a lot more of that. He gets closer and more caring with the other Guardians, and they become more of a solid family in this one. If I had to put a tag on this second film, I would say family. That's kind of the theme. Um, and then James Gunn has gone on to say that uh, Drax is blowing people's minds in test screenings. Wow. That's cool. Nice. So I saw one of those like Facebook polls where mm-hmm. it's like shows all six characters and you can hit all the different forms of like to vote on them. Yeah. And it's like, who's your favorite Guardians of the Galaxy character? You mm-hmm. know, hit heart for this motherfucker. Yeah. And Drax was in last place. Really? By a lot. Huh. Wow. A lot. I was surprised by that. Yeah. I was like, I would have thought this character was more popular. Hmm. You, you know, you know who number one was. I would Rex guess Rocket? Groot or Rocket. Groot was number one. Yeah. Number two was Star Lord. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And number three was uh, Rocket. Rocket. Hmm. Then Gamora, then Drax. Correct. Yeah, they're talking. Uh, Vin Diesel can't keep his fucking mouth shut. This past week, he was talking. He said that it is quote inevitable that we get a Groot film. Wow. He's oh, been, wow. He said he's been talking to James Gunn, and he says it's inevitable. I honestly said this? Vin Diesel. Oh, wow. Did I say somebody else? No. Okay, Vin Diesel said this, that he's been talking with I'm James sorry, Gunn. I, 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 you said it correctly. I was just like – No, I, I, well, it wouldn't be the first time I've used yeah. the wrong name, so I just wanted to make sure that I did say it was Vin Diesel. But Vin Diesel said it's inevitable that we get a group movie. He's been talking to James Gunn about this. Like – what have we? We've heard a lot from Vin Diesel, though. Like, yeah. like Marvel had another role set up for him, and we all thought it was going to be Black Bolt. We were going to get him as Black Bolt, and you know, an Inhumans movie. Now, of course, we find out that Inhumans is not going to be a uh, movie. It's going to be a TV show, and Vin Diesel's not involved. <laughs> so, who knows what we can take? I'm sure that they talk. I know that they talk. I've right. seen these guys do Facebook Live posts together. Um, and 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 answer questions for fans live on Facebook. I've seen it too. And I'm sure that they've been talking, but it it doesn't come down to what James Gunn wants. It doesn't come down to what Vin Diesel wants. It really comes down to what Kevin Feige and what Marvel wants. Right. And 
maybe it'll happen. I mean, you said the popularity in the Facebook poll yeah. Groot's the most popular when it comes to fans well, on Vin a Diesel, Facebook too, poll. is a big promoter of things also, mm-hmm. so he could be do, saying it just to try to drum up interest. He, he did say some things like people want to know more about Groot. Where does Groot come from? What's Groot's backstory? Like, uh, where, what planet did Groot come from? Yeah, it'd be mm-hmm. nice to, if they went really fantastic with that movie. Like, no human characters whatsoever, you know? Just what I'm really say- sci-fi. I'm saying, like, Disney... Disney owns Marvel now. Yeah. Disney, they can do this. I'm looking at another movie for kind of inspiration. You can think I'm crazy, but what animated movie barely had any talking? Wally. Yeah, Wally. Yeah. They could do this. And I mean, we've also seen, you know, um, him do, what was it, The Iron Giant, which I yeah. love that film. Yeah. And Iron Giant was great. Oh. I, I think I think you take a mixture of Iron Giant and you take a mixture of Wally and you can make a group movie. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. Yeah, it could be good. I it, agree. It could be great. I really feel like a group movie could be great. Just yeah. a lone group movie. If you have, is it? Are you having James Gunn direct this film though? Are you having somebody else come in? I'm there having and someone it? else do it. I'm I am too. That. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking somebody else needs to direct this one. Yeah, I, I want it to have a different feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. I get you with that. So, yeah, that'd be really cool. I'd even yeah. be fine with them taking, like, a little bit of a different artistic direction with Groot for the Groot movie. Like, if it had its own, art, you know, artistic singular vision. Like, it doesn't need to... No, I don't want it tied to the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Like, this can be a one-shot. Like, yeah. I'm talking about, like, I'm talking about, like, you've got... We, we've got our Star Wars movies where we got Han Solo and Chewbacca running around together. Yeah. But what about Chewbacca when he's off on his own? Yeah, oh no, we're not going to the peanut butter. He's right? out of peanut butter. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, no! <laughs> no, 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 no. Saturday night. What's Chewie doing? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not putting sawdust on my dick. <laughs> and hoping, hoping Groot goes to town. No, I'm just saying, like, um, you know, going back to that, like, you know, like they they had the Chewbacca comic. It sucked, yeah. but it was basically it was it was by Charles Soule, and it was kind of like a peek at like what Chewbacca did when he wasn't with Han, you know, and. Chewbacca had his own adventures, yeah. and you could do that with Groot. And I don't want it. I don't want to tie with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, I don't yeah, need. We're saying the same thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. need fucking. Uh, this can be like a one shot. Enough people know who he is at this point to where you don't have to have some kind of intricate tie-in dialogue. You can have a one-off with him, and it'd be just fine. People mm-hmm. don't need that connection. Mm-hmm. What would you want? Would you want to see Groot's home planet and all this stuff? Yeah, and blah blah man. blah. That'd be yeah. cool. I Maybe do. start it off that way, yeah. kind of like start it like I think you end it that way somehow. Yeah, yeah. I think seeing I don't, well, I, we I, know he's the last of his kind, right? Yeah. He's the last of his kind, so I, I think it'd be interesting, kind of give it like that uh, that ice age feel, and like you know, like here he is, like they show it, like here's his planet, and like we saw all these different like all these different ends, you know, it looks like fucking like Lord of the Rings and shit, and they're yeah, all yeah. walking around, right? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like this big catastrophic thing happens. Uh, in the galaxy, and and his planet's destroyed or whatever, or like they end up dying, like the planet's still there, and and for some reason, the rest of his I don't know how his race. I would extinct. honestly like them to tie Rocket into it too, really. To be honest, I, I'd mm-hmm. like to see how those two became the friends that they are. I think the story there is mm-hmm. is really rich. Okay, like maybe just like Wally, where you have a, a first half. That's kind of this one silent movie. I'm thinking like the last scene is him with Rocket. Yeah. 
that's what I'm thinking. You know, like we hear Bradley Cooper's voice like right at the end and he says something. You're just like, holy shit. That'd be cool yeah. too. That would an- at least answer the question for me yeah. as to where the meetup happened. Like I think like that's the ending. Like, you know, like instead we don't need that ending that makes you feel happy. Like now he's got a friend. You know, you know who I think would yeah. be a good director for it? Who? It would be Matt Reeves who did uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. He did a lot as far as emotion went from the apes in that without even having to have specific mm-hmm. dialogue. You did have subtitles, and mm-hmm. I don't think you necessarily need that for Setting this. Setting up a whole world of a, a civilization and, and – yeah. And, yeah. I, I think I he'd be perfect yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my dream director for the group movie would be like John Favreau. <laughs> Get him in there with what he did with CGI and Jungle Book. It'd be cool mm-hmm. to see yeah. him get a really yeah. cut his teeth with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a group movie, I think it all goes down to, like, <laughs> we're not writing the fucking movie, number no. one. I just think, I think what we're trying to say here, and I think we all agree, is that this movie could be done, and it could be done in a very, I'm not saying like artsy way, but in a way I kind of am. I'm saying like yeah. in a different way than, than we're used to seeing like a standard Marvel film. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It exactly. can have a lot of heart, especially without all that dialogue. That's what I want. I, I want by like, – yeah, we don't need the – like Wally it didn't have any dialogue right. except for like the humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't hear – did they make – did they say anything? Oh, they, yeah, once the talking started, Wally kind of went downhill. From okay, yeah. okay. And I agree with that. Okay. So I, uh, I've i only seen Wally once, guys, but I, I liked it. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I I just felt like you got a lot of emotion and he emoted enough to where I understand what was going on. And I think like you can get that in a group film too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I agree. It could be awesome. Fuck. We got a DC news and then we're going to wrap it up. Uh, it's, it's, it's 930. Oh, shit. You got to go, right? Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Can we talk real quick about the flash? No, you gotta go. You don't need me to talk about the Flash. Yeah, Jake, you gotta go. You gotta go, Jake. Thank you. I thought you were Aston Kutcher there for a second. No, I know you gotta be there. Jake, can you talk about the Flash? Jake's gotta be there at ten, so you gotta go. All right. Me and Frank, we're gonna finish up this last part. Okay, that's no it. No problem. Don't forget that thing that's out there. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, don't don't forget your dildo. <laughs> I borrowed it for Chinese New Year. <laughs> Dishwasher's safe. <laughs> Clean it off. Trust me. You don't know what Frank's done with that. Got to use the heavy duty mode. Heavy duty mode. Yeah, my dishwasher's got a heavy Are duty mode. Yeah, I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. Later. Later. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this news this week it killed me, Frank. I was looking forward to the Flash movie when it was first announced. Uh, we were told it was going to be written and possibly directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller from the Lego movie, mm-hmm. 21 and 22 Jump Street, but they jumped the project and went to Lucasfilm where they are now directing the Han Solo film. So then we got the announcement that Seth Graham Smith will direct and write the Flash script uh, based on the treatment from uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. That was horrible news. I'm not a fan of him. I'm not a fan of his directorial shit or his writing shit. Mm-hmm. He wrote Dark Shadows with Johnny Depp and mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Oh, yeah. Uh, his only previous directorial experience was he directed two episodes of MTV's The Hard Times of R.J. Berger. Um, so mm-hmm. I was not looking forward to that. 
then he leaves. We get Rick Famuyiwa, the director from Dope, and I was excited about this project again. Yeah. And anyway, he leaves over what we hear is the uh, is the classic case of creative differences. So now we have a film with no director. Jeez. What are you doing? You fucking around on your phone over there? What are you doing? No, I'm fielding a text from the wife about the kid. I'm listening. I'm more invested in the conversation than that. Yeah, all right. I am. I'm listening. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. Dude's a shit director from the dude who wrote. All right. <laughs> Fuck this episode. No, I'm with you. Fuck this fucking episode. No, Jesus it's not Christ. that bad. Jesus Christ. I got you fucking around on your phone. All right. And just like all good leftovers <laughs> say in the doggy bags, we'll see you next week. I'm done. Bye. I'm fucking done. Fuck this shit. Sorry. Fuck. See you next week. Fuck God. it. Flash is going to blow. Later. <laughs> All right. We're going to try to. <laughs> DC take two. Yeah. DC take two. Psych. We're back. We're going to try to finish this. I really wanted to talk about this Flash news. I'm going to wrap this fucking up. Um, let me see here. Now I lost my place. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. DC news. So basically uh, Rick Famuyiwa, he left the script. And so now we're left without a director for the Flash movie. Right. And um, now that he's left, he actually helped write the latest script. Now they're reworking it again. Oh, so this, shit. this news comes from Variety. While The Flash waits to find its new director, Warner Brothers has tapped Joby Harold to do a page one rewrite to the script, sources tell Variety. Page one rewrite. Page one. Which means that this movie was supposed to be coming out, you know, it was supposed to actually start filming here shortly. Right. Now they're on a page one rewrite. So the pick has been on hold since losing director Rick Famuyiwa. And while it waits to find his replacement, the studio has decided to take script in a different direction. So this guy, Joby Harold, has written... Uh, a 2007 film, Awake, mm-hmm. with Jessica Alba and Hayden Christensen, which is ironic because I hear the ma- the movie makes you fall asleep <laughs> when you watch it. Uh, he's also written two upcoming films, uh, <laughs> King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, starring Charlie Hunnam and directed by Guy Ritchie, um, as well as uh, an upcoming Robin Hood film that's starring Taron Egerton. Um, the only good thing that I think this guy was involved in was he was a producer on Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you with me? Are you excited for King Arthur Legend of the Sword with Not Charlie Hunnam? Did it look good to you? Yeah, it's it's. I haven't seen much about it to be honest, but okay, so it's not a concept that I'm like overly thrilled about. It, I think it looks like garbage. All I right. think it looks horrible. Um, this guy's doing the rewrite for it. This is not making me excited to see it at all. No. And it doesn't look like they're going to be able to start filming when they thought they were going to start filming. It looks like they're not going to be able to begin filming until Ezra Miller finishes filming for Fantastic Beasts 2. Oh, this movie, shit. This movie just keeps getting pushed back, losing directors. This It, it doesn't look good. It's a clusterfuck. And, and, and people are gonna, just going to say, "Oh, it's 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 just it's pop culture left or sh- pop culture leftover shitting on DC again and again and again." And it's like, give me something good, give right. me some, give me something like Man of Steel again, and then I won't shit on it. 
I mean, give me some good news coming out of DC camp. Yeah. You know, last week we talked about, you know, Schmoe's nose talking about the news that they heard about Wonder Woman with it not being good. That's not what I want to hear. Right. I want a great Wonder Woman. People act like we take uh, satisfaction in the, these DC movies not doing well. No. no, I want DC movies to do well. As I want. A matter of fact, when they had that presser for the Justice League, yeah. you were all about it. You were oh, absolutely on board with it. I still love the trailer. I still and think the trailer looks great. It does look good. But, like, all these other productions that have troubled, you know, within a production trying to get it out, it always has ended up in a clusterfuck movie. And mm-hmm. we always have the director coming back with either the director's cut or saying, oh, I wish I would have done this or that. Yeah. And you can't have that mm-hmm. and still say that it was an absolutely great movie. Not when it comes out every single time. Yeah. I, I guess what I have – I guess I guess it's better for them to do a page one rewrite – than it is for them to kind of Frankenstein a film together with what they have now. That's true. It's still not good. I mean, I'm still not saying like, oh, thank God, like... It's just like with the Wonder Woman stuff. It shows that it lacks vision. They don't have a vision for it. It's Mm. not like all the Feige-oriented stuff where everything fits in its place for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. With this and with Wonder Woman throughout the production, we're hearing that, oh, well, we've got... Well, with Wonder Woman, wasn't it originally that we had, like, six different writers? That was Aquaman. Aquaman, okay. I mean, Wonder Woman, they talked about having multiple writers on the movie, too. Right. And that they didn't know what to do with the character and the direction and blah, 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 blah. It's just concerning because it's, like, an overall theme of everything that we're seeing with DC. Marvel's they not don't perfect know what either. To... Like, Marvel's well, not perfect either. Like, right. I, I feel like, you know, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, they were trying to pack too much into it and set up the universe. And I, I feel like a lot of the – some of the Marvel movies, they suffer from trying to set up the overall universe for other films. Right. Some Sometimes that ends up hurting the movie. I agree. Uh, I just – I don't know how you can – I feel like with the DC stuff, they're just trying to play catch-up so quickly right. that they're putting the cart before the horse and they're really fucking these movies up in the long run. Like Batman v Superman should have been Batman v Superman. That's what it should have been. No, right. it turns into like a third act where we're having you know Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman fight Doomsday. Right. And then Superman dies at the end of the movie. It's like – Holy shit, man. We just went from like these two characters hating each other, having a fight. Now they're yeah. fighting Doomsday. Now he's rescuing his mother. Now Wonder Woman's fighting Doomsday. It's, and it's crazy. So easy. It's so easy to not fuck up, too, because everything that everybody said about that film from the moment they created it mm-hmm. was please make it be about that. Mm-hmm. Make it be a good film. Yeah. Don't worry about where it fits into the universe. But they still they ignored all that. It's not like it's hard to figure that out. You take a yeah. poll and fucking people, everybody says the same thing. Just slow down a little bit with these movies. Like, we've, we're getting a Justice League movie. It'll build itself, yeah. really. I mean, oh, oh my man. God, think about what they have. It'll build itself. They don't mm. have to try so fucking hard. What was so amazing about Avengers for me was the fact that we'd seen, you know, we'd already had, like, the Iron Man film. We'd had mm-hmm. Captain America, Thor. Right. Uh, you know, we had the, the Incredible Hulk film. And then... We'd seen those movies. We'd seen all these individual characters, and then they all kind of culminate. Like even Hawkeye, we saw him in Thor. I mm-hmm. mean, we saw all these characters in these movies. Hawkeye, he was in Thor, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was the Thor film. Yeah, and so like we saw all these characters, and they finally came together. Mm-hmm. And so like when we finally get like that image of them, you know, together in the city, and they right. do that pan of like we get to see them, you know, that pan and scan where we yeah. get to see them all. And I was just like, oh my god, here we are! Like that's what I want for Justice League because like even the Justice League characters are more iconic, right? You know, Batman, Superman, oh, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Like these characters are way more inco- iconic than 
Thor, Iron Man, you know? Yeah, I guess I mean, absolutely Iron Man, really? Yeah, I, I know. Like, who heard of fucking Iron Man before Robert Downey Jr. played him? Exactly. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. made him. See, that's that's what should be happening in the DC universe, and I feel like they're putting the cart before the horse and trying to... to I, I, you can't reverse engineer up. it. Yeah. You have to have those good foundational origin mm-hmm. stories or good things to come before it. Explain a good reason why these people have come mm-hmm. together instead of making that be the linchpin... And then right. trying to retcon every individual story into it—that just doesn't work. Yeah, it's not, and it's not working. And I, right. and that's where I felt like maybe the Wonder Woman movie is going to be different because I felt like it was going to be a period piece. Like they're going to be doing yes. this. they're going to be setting. isolated. Exactly. And I that thought, was what made Man of Steel great. Right. Was and that I, it was isolated? That was all it was about. Well, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to come out and say like, okay, Wonder Woman's going to suck. It's going to be fucking horrible. I'm not saying that right now because we haven't seen the movie, and right. all we've heard is like one person's opinion about this movie and what they've seen from this movie. Movie. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I'm still hoping it's a great movie. I've loved the trailer so far. Yeah, me too. So we'll just have to wait to see it come out. The, I, it really I, sucks for us to have to hear this bad news mm-hmm. too because we want to like this shit. Yeah. But when bad news turns into a bad movie, it's like you get a sour taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. You come to expect it and it's unfortunate. I just – I really have to go back and like – for me and I mean other people disagree. There's people that are just going to – Love whatever they do. They're going to love whatever DC puts out. I, I, I feel like those people, they, they, if you like these movies, more power to you. If you loved Batman v Superman, you thought it was an amazing movie, more power to you. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. I just felt like it wasn't what I wanted. And right. I felt like Suicide Squad had nothing of what I wanted. And... I don't know. I just I wish that they would have just taken more time with these characters. I wish we would have got individual movies first, yeah, and then seen the culmination of the Justice League, right? So I don't know. I'm just this 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 news about the Flash movie is really upsetting because I like the casting. I'm not one of these people that's like I only want to see Grant Gustin as Flash. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. I love his Flash, but I think that the, I think you can have like the TV universe, and I think you can have a Flash movie universe with a different Flash. And I yeah, thought you can. Ezra Miller's a great choice for this character. I loved what he did in Perks of Being a Wallflower. I really enjoyed him in the Trainwreck film. I think he's a very talented actor. I don't think that you can base his performance as being Flash off of what you saw in Fantastic Beasts. I think that's insane. I think I get, yeah. He's a fine actor, and I think that there's plenty of room for him to be in this in in the cinematic movies. I haven't seen the perks of being a wallflower or the other one that you mentioned. I did see Fantastic yeah. Beasts, and he, I was not thrilled by that. I mean, yeah, I, his I, performance in that I, the movie sucked. So I'm, kind, I'm really lukewarm on him as the Flash. I need I need to see something out of him. Watch the perks of being a wallflower. I know you won't, but if you ever did, you'd like it a lot better. Okay. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to see it, it's a really good movie. I believe you. Yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can check it out. Yeah. Oh, you will not. Uh, the, Dude, I do things in my day own time. Fought, it's fucked up. Like what? It was like three days ago I finally like watched John, John Wick. Wick. Yeah. You finally watched John Wick like two years later. I, sometimes it's about making the time to do that <laughs> shit. I'm so fucking backlogged. Man. I am. I'm just Jesus. No, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and fucking like you know sugarcoat shit. Frank will never see perks of being a wallflower. God damn it! I'm now calling you, it right now. now. I'm gonna have to do no, it. No, it's 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 cute to get on here and say like, yeah, oh, I'll I'll definitely try to check that my out. My intentions would be good. Like like I'm nodding right now. I should be shaking my head. Hey, you got this syndrome too. You're like, yeah, I'll check this video game out. Oh god, I'll check out Final Fantasy 15. I'll play Destiny some. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> you're right. I've said it twice, but yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Ah, these video games. <laughs> I try. I really. I try to play. I. I, I get the, the most I can get into them is like twenty minutes. I get you. Yeah. A lot of people are like that. I just don't have the time. I don't have the time anymore to sit down and like really care and figure these games out. Yeah, these some, new games. some of them are really fucking complicated. Yeah. I'm, I miss the old days of like a side scrollers where you just jumped up and down and shot shit. Like there's a lot of reason why people say like the Super Nintendo era was the best because games were only so complicated because mm-hmm. you only had so many buttons on the controller. But because of which they were just engaging enough like you could get out of them what you wanted to and be out of it. Mm-hmm. But now anymore, I mean, there's so much fucking shit to control schemes. It's hard to learn shit. Yeah. I hate this episode, and I just want to end it. <laughs> uh, right. Call it Old yeah. Yeller. <laughs> yeah, I hate this episode. It's, I mean, the, the news in this episode sucked anyway, so, yeah. It's Thank, all right. Uh, thanks for wasting time with us this week, everybody. <laughs> and just like all good leftovers saying they're doggy bags, thank God this week is over. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's make it clean, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers, uncool kids, what's his name's already been said, leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers, podcast that original and good. Separate the wheat from the shaft And give a shaft of crap Even though it is shit We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the poor kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushover Pop culture, leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers sure